Next. 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 What's next? Three hours. The top ten stories of the day. According to them. El Jefe. And J-Dubs. Next is now on 92.3. FM. I'm El Jefe, and I think a woman's body is just as important as her mind. I'm J-Dubs, and I think uh, my radio partner just came out of the closet on the air. Yeah, it kind of sounded a little fruity, didn't it? Welcome to Next. I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. For the next three hours, count them three hours, we got your top ten stories of the day. And will some of these, or which one of these quite possibly, could be the number one story of the day? Text messages bring down a teacher sex offender. Virginia Tech loses a basketball recruit because of the rampage. And the Al-Qaeda job application we got the details on those stories where they're going to rank in today's top 10 and of course you 866-313-FREE that's all next with us half and dubs on 92.3 free fm first who we are uh we got to do a little guest week back in february uh former uh, co-workers with uh, ron and fez uh, we worked with them at uh, the once mighty wjfk in washington dc did a little show called the hideout there and also Rural Radio in Orlando. And uh, we've hung out with Ron and Fez uh, also up in New York, uh, both on uh, 92.3 Free FM and XM. If you want to learn more about us, check out the website, myspace.com slash nextradio. Uh, last night's top five, because mm-hmm. it was a short porch, last night's top five is up uh, for you to see what those were. Also, a couple of the fan boards are nextradiofans.com. And I have a feeling this one might be busy, but freefmfans.com. You can also check that one out as well. So that's a little bit about us. Uh, quickly about the show, it moves very quickly. Um, normally we do two hours. Last night we did 75 minutes, and it was fast. Yeah. So as soon as you hear the story and you have an opinion on it, come on, New York, bring it hard. Again, 866-313-FREE. I think we got all that out of the way, J-Dubs. Are we ready to roll? We're ready to rock. Let's go. Let's do it. Next. Next. On 92.3 Free FM. Story number 10. A hearty congratulations to Jerry Falwell as he has now graduated to heaven. He has to really actually be, uh, and the people who follow him have to be very happy about this. This is what, you know, if you are a devout, you know, Christian, this is what you wait for, your chance to move on into heaven. Uh, yeah, he is a television evangelist. The Reverend Jerry Falwell founded the Moral Majority. Uh, he died today after being found unconscious in his office at Liberty University. He was at the age of 73. Now, he had survived two previous health scares in 2005. He was in the hospital for two weeks with what was described as a viral infection, then hospitalized a few weeks later after going into respiratory arrest. And then he also has 70% blockage in an artery, uh, which they wow. open uh, with the stents, uh, which, of course, we all know about. And uh, on a side note, we're happy that our buddy Fezzi is, uh, is feeling He's sounding terrific, too. So now what kind of irks me about this, and mm-hmm. this has always driv- driven me nuts about people who are real devout in their faith. Yeah. Why go through all the medical care in 2005? You had three times that it looked like God wanted to take you up, and you fought it. You literally fought God to stay on this earth for an extra two years. Why? I don't get it. To me, the point of being either a Christian or a Muslim or something like that 
is to make it to that afterlife. You don't want to be here on Earth. Earth is a uh, cruddy. It's but if no you're good. someone like uh, like Falwell, he is a person who is a leader. He leads the people. He's able to convert more people on Earth and uh, maybe do more good and then go up to heaven when he really needs to. See, that's the story that's always told. I don't buy it. I think a lot of these guys secretly love the life that we that they have. He, oh, of course. He certainly had a great existence when you think about it. I'm sure he had a lot of money. He had a college. He had a whole empire, essentially. Why would you want to leave that to just go be another soul Oh, he's not going to be another soul. He's going to be the right-hand man. Are you saying God needed an HR director? What, what's going on right now is uh, the, the rapture starting, I Please think. Don't. Please don't. I think the rapture starting, left behind, is going on right now, uh, and they're taking the best ones first. Jerry Falwell, uh, he's going up there. They need you know people to do the interviewing for the rapture, and he's going to be a nice HR person for Jesus Christ. Here's the thing about this rapture that you speak of. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I was a kid... There were, in 1988, there was this book, The 88 Reasons uh, Why the Rapture's Happening in 1988. Yeah. For those of you that don't know what the rapture... was. Uh, really? Mm-hmm. And I've been sitting here for the last almost 10 years now? The thing about the rapture, I guess, is that's where Christ comes back and he takes his souls up to heaven. Then the apocalypse kind of starts. Uh, that's what I gathered in everything that I fell asleep in when I was in Sunday school. But this book came out, and I was so scared and afraid because I was in the sixth grade and mm-hmm. I was at my special uh, class uh, for Talented and Gifted. And I'm sitting in the lunchroom and I'm looking around for three days waiting for this rapture to happen, waiting for all the kids next to me to disappear. I knew I wasn't going to go because I wasn't a believer even at the you know in the sixth grade. Oh, you weren't? I didn't. Why did bu- you go to uh, Sunday school and all that kind of stuff then? Mom. Mom dragging me along trying to get a little uh, little um, you know, religion into me. All right, but if you believed so much people were going to start disappearing and everything, why wouldn't you convert? I mean, it, that makes me think that you were, were a believer in uh, Jesus and the rapture and all that kind of stuff. If you were actually thinking, these people next to me are going to start disappearing, and I'm going to be left here uh, with the mark of the beast. Uh, now, here's the thing about it, though. When you're a kid, you don't know. I mean, I'm sitting there trying to figure all this stuff out in my head. I don't understand... You were in a special class, so it does take a little while for you. It was, uh, it was Long the- division in Christ take a little bit longer for you than the normal kid. It was talented and gifted. Now, I will say this. I was hoping a, co- a couple of the people at the lunch table left because some brownies looked good back then. Uh, back when I was chubby, as if oh, to spell yeah, now. But now. Yeah, yeah, you're uh, completely different now. Now, again, the number 10 story, uh, Jerry Falwell dies at the age of 73, 866-313-free. Now, Dubs, uh, CNN has given us a little next download. The next download is whenever we have uh, some audio that we'd like to play up for you. Next download. Son of an alcoholic who sold bootleg whiskey during Prohibition. Father of a movement to restore America as God's country. A big thinker from small-town Virginia, growing his 35-member Thomas Road Baptist Church into a congregation of thousands, and then millions as the fundamentalist reverend raised on radio preachers pioneered the original founder of that whole gimmick. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, there was people on the radio doing all that kind of stuff, but he uh, really brought it to the television. So before, what was it, Swagger? And all yeah. those guys, it all started with Falwell. Basically. Bringing church through television into mm-hmm. the home. Yeah, there's all these networks now who do the same exact thing. He really started it all. So growing up as a kid, he's the one I got to blame for not having anything cool on Sunday mornings to be able to watch. Definitely. Wow. 
Jerry Falwell said he found Jesus in 1952. He found politics in 1979, forming the moral majority to lobby against abortion rights, gay rights, pornography, and a host of social issues. Okay. Basically, lobbying against fun. Anything fun. Even, are, are even people, celebrating this man. Why are why are people uh, giving him the time of day on major networks like CNN? What's crazy is that he built an empire on saying this stuff. He He's, was a shock yeah, jock. He was the original shock jock. Wow. I think we have a lot to uh, thank for this man. Another shock jock goes down. Mm-hmm. Jerry Falwell. Next download. AIDS, he said, was God's punishment to homosexuals. September 11th. That was God's punishment, too, unleashed on the America of abortionists, feminists, what? pagans, and gays. All right. He I is, forgot about that one. Yeah, he is uh, very current with his hate as well. I mean, he's not. it wasn't all way back there when he was going against abortion. He's pretty current. And let me say this. That's why, as a kid, when I was in the sixth grade, mm-hmm. I had a real, tough belie- a real tough time believing in this, this heaven that they talk about because I knew people like this who could spout these sorts of hateful things. And if this guy is getting to go up there, I don't want to go. It's not a place that I want to be. And if he's getting to go there, I'm definitely getting to go there for not doing that and, uh, you know, just living a decent life. I don't know. Wow. I I forgot he said the stuff about 9-11. Next download. September 11th. That was God's punishment, too, unleashed on the America of abortionists, feminists, pagans, and gays. Through the decades, his targets range from terrorists to Teletubbies. Purse-toting, lovably lavender, tinky-winky was an agent of the homosexual agenda. (laughs) You never heard that before? Okay, yes, but I thought this was like different guys within this (laughs) movement that had done all this. He's the major brain behind most of the stuff. Give him the shot. All right, let's, I'm a, real fast, let's go through his little resume real fast. Okay. All right? He claimed credit for helping elect Ronald Reagan and a string of officials down the government ladder. A visionary to conservatives. Always provocative. AIDS, he said, was God's punishment to homosexuals. Shock jock. September 11th, that was God's punishment too. Unleashed on the America of abortionists, feminists, pagans, and gays. Shock the decades, jock. His targets range from terrorists to Teletubbies. Purse-toting, lovably lavender, tinky-winky was an agent of the homosexual agenda. Shock jock. Be very careful. Despite the occasional colorful outburst, Falwell retreated from the secular world in his later years, dedicating himself to the once tiny church he turned into a multi-million dollar empire. Twenty million religious conservatives uh, to the polls nationally. Leaving politics to those who followed the road he paved. Candy Crowley, CNN, Washington. So this guy literally built a million-dollar empire mm-hmm. on spewing hate. For the most part, yeah. He wasn't, he, uh, he wasn't a decent guy is and, what you would consider. And because he works for a quote-unquote church. Well, he created it, basically. As opposed to a, I don't know, radio station. Mm-hmm. He gets to live out the entirety of his life into his very last days. As a rich, rich man. Doing whatever he wanted to do. He could go out and, uh, you know, get any kind of attention he wanted at any time. All right, Dubs, let's take some phone calls on this. 866-313-FREE. How will you remember Jerry Falwell? <laughs> I'd rather forget after listening to his resume. Let's go to Boggs, Wayne Gacy on line two. Boggs, you're, uh, you're next with Hefe and Dubs on 92.3 Free FM. Hey, guys. Nice to hear you again. You there, Boggs? Uh, yeah, I'm here. 
Uh, we got a little issue with the phones right now, so we'll have to go back to, uh, to that. Uh, we'll give that a, another go here in a second. Well, I, I got to say this, Dubs. Do you fear death? Are you worried at all about um, dying and <clears throat> passing on? Because I, as a, Hey, Boggs, you there? Yeah, I'm here, guys. It's All right. Theory. I just wanted to say that uh, okay. I really hope that more Christians start kicking the bucket and following his example. All right, let's not start hating on Yeah, that. it's not a, it's not an anti-Christian thing. I mean, most uh, Christians shows, aren't like it, this. It just shows that all, all the worship in the world will not save you from death. It just makes you uh, a human being nobody wants to be around. You know, that is kind of true, too, because as much as, quote-unquote, good you do on the earth, you're going to move on. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You're, you know, you're not going to be here forever. But there's something to be said about leaving it as best as possible. I mean, I don't think this guy thought what he was doing was hateful. I am hateful against people that he thought were bad. Here's what I think about guys like this, like mm-hmm. this guy, like a Rush Limbaugh, a Bill O'Reilly. I think they're running a bit. I I really can't, I I can't keep a straight face during a bit for more than fifteen minutes. He's not a good comedian. Yeah, I know. How can they do it for uh, this many years? Money, dude. When you got yeah. that kind of back, you have that kind of thing going on. It's all absolutely about uh, about the amount of money that you can end up generating. Now, me personally, like I said, I've had problems, you know, dealing with my faith, and I certainly don't think I'm going to heaven because I'm just not buying into the whole thing. I've kind of come to grips with it lately. I think listening to the great Ron Bennington in that before I was here, I didn't know what went on. Like, I have no recollection of what happened before. So it's pretty much going to be the same thing after. I just – there would just be nothing. You're just not going to be around anymore. That's it. That doesn't freak you out? I mean, I, I, I'm i freaked out that I wasn't existing before I was alive, and I'm freaked out I'm not going to uh, exist afterwards. I want to, I want to uh, know everything – about before and after and the great thing about before i mean we can just look back and see and kind of know you aren't going to find out about the stuff that happened if i die tomorrow i'm not going to find out what happens in lost and that really really upsets me all right i would like to be able to live to see the dallas mavericks win a championship exactly i mean it's there's not going to happen things. but on the bright side i will have no more of those epic collapses and failures and death there alone will be worth it Next. 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 On 92.3 Free FM. Story number nine. El Jefe, a teacher was caught in a sex scandal over in Philly. Uh, he was 23 years old, got caught because of a text message. He uh, had his phone out. Uh, some people caught on to, uh, you know, he left it open. And the text message said, Ha, I'm so going to hell, I can't believe I hooked up with two ninth graders. So a, a teacher in Philly, uh, I guess, is hooking up with a couple of uh, uh, ninth graders. And the reason he's caught is because he doesn't know where the delete button is on his phone. So he's stupid enough in writing to say, I can't... On his own phone. I can't believe... Build a fake MySpace. Yeah, give him all the things that you do, Dubs, <laughs> to help get around all these rules and stuff. Uh, that society won't let you be who you are. A fake Yahoo name. Now, off the air, you were telling me, uh, you were telling me, you know, 23 to uh, the ninth grade, was that 12? That's not too bad. Well, no, it's 14. I, I, I'm saying <laughs> it's nine years difference. People 
get married and everything with a nine-year difference, it's not that big of a gap. Yeah, it's okay if it's 32 to 23. Exactly. Actually, even then, it's kind of creepy when you think about it. Exactly, but I don't think it's too, too creepy if it's 32 to 23. It, it, it's a completely different thing. But, I mean, it, it's not as creepy as some of these 50-year-olds. Well, I will say this. When you're 32, you're in a whole other phase of your life. Oh, definitely. Than you are whenever you're at the age of 23. 23, uh, some of you are graduating from college. You're looking at graduate school. You're letting it get looking to get your first gig you're uh incurring all this debt at the mm -hmm. age of 32 you're finally starting to come out of it you're uh you're moving into your actual adult existence you're getting out of that funk mm -hmm. now what's interesting to me is that he was no better than a senior in high school remember when you were in high school and all the ninth grade freshman chicks always went for the juniors and seniors that pissed me off so bad if when you came up to uh into high school and it was well known before that you were going to lose your 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 best crop of girls to the seniors. So I I did in uh, high school when I became a freshman, I grabbed the uh, the uh, middle school um, yearbook and I started scouting Stop. for when I'm going to be a senior. It's not a bad thing. I was only 14 at the time. So what, you're scouting the sixth grade pages? Yes, because so I knew that uh, these are going to be the girls that I'm going to have the best shot at Ironic when I'm a senior. Ironically, Justin's <laughs> trying to get your class ring and your uh, your goddamn yearbook there. 866-313-FREE. It's Hefe and Dubs next on story number nine. A teacher caught in a sex scandal, sex scandal with ninth, grader, ninth graders in text messages. Um, I never was like that. Like Even when I was a junior and a senior... I knew looking at freshmen, it was like they looked, they just looked so much younger. They looked like middle school kids. They did look young, but the best part about them was they acted young, too. They, uh, were, they were very admit uh, naive. Your, admit you're freak. What did you make your ex girlfriend used to do? I would make her put pigtails on every once in a while. See? Every once in a while. All this stuff is terrible. It's not because I'm into kids, though. Let's pull this tape no. and let's isolate that and try to edit it back so I can present it in court. So, but your whole thing is, hey, guy, uh, not necessarily what you did. Don't be so stupid and get caught. Well, no, I, it, what he did was terrible. But the reason why he got caught was because he doesn't know how to delete. If I have anything on my phone that I don't want other people to see, I delete it. Mm -hmm. If there's a number on my phone that I don't want people to know who the number is, I make up a name from high school. Uh, some dude that I used to hang out with, and I put his name in there instead, and then I know. Yeah, that's true. I know whenever I'm cheating on someone. Uh, I'll <laughs> never keep the, the... You make it sound so frequent. Well, I just want everyone to know. Ladies, <laughs> I don't want you to expect that somehow there's going to be monogamy. Uh, but I always, too, you always go through, it's erase all. And don't forget, not only the inbox... But also the, the outbox, outbox. Yeah, they, because there are two of them there, you know. So if you can somehow delete all, that's absolutely what you want to end up doing. Now you've cheated many times over. Yeah. Uh, ever get caught? Ever get? Uh, I know you didn't actually get caught. Caught any close calls? <sighs> all right. Well, this was this was stupid. Okay. All right. I was. Uh, yes. I let's say I was in a relationship where you won't say what kind. Okay. And uh, someone was out of town, my significant other, so I had someone come over, mm -hmm. and we did the nasty, however you could say it on the radio these days. In yours and your significant other's bed? No, on the floor. Okay. Like animals. Classy. You know, when it's early in the relationship and you still care. Please get some respect. And it's passionate <laughs> you know, on the dining room floor. Yeah. So, uh, you know, things are done, and you have to throw away protection. Mm -hmm. I just threw it away in the overflow, overfold... Uh, 
trash can in the kitchen and didn't even think anything of it. So then the significant other is coming back into town. I'm like, man, this place is a sty. I should clean it up. And I go to take out the trash, and I'm like, oh, my. Just staring me in the face is this used prophylactic staring me in the face. And I'm like, wow, this could have been horrific if I had not uh, decided to take out the trash and clean up before uh, someone got home. I never heard that one before. That's insane. I have a lot of stories you don't know. I, I am such a control freak over what you know what information i allow out to people and everything i have i i would you know go through every little thing and i I don't even think i could if i did cheat go and do it in my own house yeah 866-313-free 866-313-free now i'm not above you know going somewhere else doing it and then uh washing myself off in a gas station bathroom I think that is something much more classy well, you, and safe. You don't want to have a stench to you, so you go, you grab a nice uh, garlic uh, slice of pizza, you know, so it's just oozing through Get you. Get the CK1 off you. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, again, story number nine tonight, next on 92.3 Free FM, teacher caught in sex scandal with ninth graders uh, from text messages. Now, this teacher is one specific thing, but this... You, we always kind of had teachers who did uh, stuff that was creepy. I had one particular coach when I was in middle school and in high school. And the the thing is, with back in when we were in school, which wasn't that terribly long ago. I graduated high school in '96. So. Yeah, it, 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 it was much more difficult for these guys to get caught back then because there were like computers were just coming around and everything. People didn't really know how to uh, you know uh, keep track of the emails and all that kind of stuff. Now. If you're a teacher, you better be very, very careful. Well, I had a coach in high school who would be, quote-unquote, hall monitor, mm-hmm. and he would literally grope girls as they walked by. It got so bad that girls would specifically take different routes to their locker because they knew if they went by Coach B's hall, they would get touched, like an inappropriate hug or even a pinch or something like that. I think everybody had that touchy-feely teacher because I had uh, a, a math teacher in middle school who would actually r- just rub the girls' shoulders and would never touch the guys, so it, you knew it was sexual. If he was touching the guys and girls, it was just how he was. But just touching the girls, rubbing their shoulders while they are doing their math, their long division, everything. This is probably sixth grade. And uh, that guy was really creepy. The creepiest, though, was my wrestling coach. My wrestling coach... Uh, and. Back then, you don't really recognize these things as really creepy. Uh-oh. But he would want to make sure that all of us showered, you know, because in wrestling, the mats get very dirty, and then uh, there's a large chance of ringworm and other kinds of funguses growing on you. So he wanted to make sure everybody was showering. So he would stand at the opening of the shower and watch everybody shower. Not only would he watch a shower, he would be only, only wearing a T-shirt. So, so he's just there. There's your he's coach. He's just there. He's a big bear man too. He's he's uh, very what? hairy, very furry, and he'd be standing there in a wrestling t-shirt too. This said pride across it. What? <laughs> yeah, it was followed by wrestling pride. So it said pride. Were you, were your colors, the rainbow colors. No, it was uh, purple and gold. Oh yeah, that's way <laughs> that's much more uh, more shape. Straight right there. So he would be uh, wearing a pride T-shirt, everything underneath the waist completely exposed, 
watching a shower. Actually, my cousin, uh, he did something, you know, probably pretty stupid in the locker room, got in trouble, and the uh, the the coach was just yelling at him while wearing nothing but a T-shirt. Oh, my. Wow. Now, you have a thing, too, real fast. we got the calls to lighten up. So and this is probably where this uh, theory stems from as well. 866-313-FREE. You've told me before, okay, what's gayer? Yeah, the, I, I used to think a guy wearing nothing but a T-shirt may be the gayest sight ever. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it's that or a guy walking around in, like, a uh, bikini brief pulled to the side. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Where do you come up with this? Where do you? I don't know. I, I just sit at home and think of these things every once in a while. Why? So what? What could be a little bit gayer there? Just a guy. All right, I don't. I don't necessarily want to take phone calls on that. But... I, no, I'm just asking you. I listen. I am. I gotta. I can't. I got overload. You can't process that. No, I I'd rather not. I would rather cleanse my palate by going to James on line two. James, you're next on ninety two three Free FM. What's up, James? Uh, James, Josh, not James. Josh. Oh, Go ahead, Josh. Go ahead, my friend. Yeah, uh, I had a, uh, a high school golf coach a few years ago. He's uh, about 40 years old. Mm-hmm. He ended up uh, impregnating a senior in her uh, senior year. Wow. And, uh, that, anything he, happened to him? Did he go to jail or what happened? No, actually, it was held under wraps uh, for a while, and uh, rumors started spreading around. The guy is still coaching golf there. No, Nothing ever happened to him. Uh, the girl had to drop out of school out of embarrassment. And uh, did they get married or anything? He's married with three kids. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> damn. Thanks for the call, dude. Wow. Uh, let's go to uh, let's go to Ted on line five. Appears to have a very important question. Go ahead, Ted. Yeah, this teacher was was he with two separate ninth graders or two ninth graders at the same time? Right. It doesn't say that. It does. <laughs> now, I know you got a whole fantasy working in your head over I, there. Buddy. I know you're trying to think of. Wow, I want to be a teacher. All right, thanks for the uh, for the call, Ted. <laughs> but I I don't know if he was with them at the same time. I would imagine probably so or very close to each right, well, other because he's a substitute teacher. He well, wasn't there that long. All right, here's the quote. Ha, dot dot dot. I'm so going to hell. Dot dot dot. I can't believe I hooked up with two ninth graders. And two exclamation points after that. I don't know who he was writing to either. Probably one of his buddies. He loves punctuation. Yeah. I don't know what he loves more. Punctuation or ninth graders. Dot dot dot. Uh let's go to uh Steve on line three. Steve, you're next with Hef and Dubs on ninety two three free FM. Hey What's up? guys, how are you doing? Good, buddy. I uh I, you know, you can't fault this teacher, man. There is something in the Gerber. The girls, you know, as disturbing as it is, the younger they are, or I can't even say that, not the younger they are. <laughs> I hope around you can. 14 or 15, they start to look better than they did when me and you were in high school. I, at I don't, you know, I've always, I think been, he's right. I've always been told that, and I don't believe it. I think that there is just something in our heads that uh, a lot of people are getting their freak on thinking of these younger girls. Well, it's actually been documented that girls begin to go through puberty at earlier and earlier ages, and we all know it's the steroids that's in our food. We all know it's all the awful gunk that's getting pumped into cows and chickens and things like that that we then eat as a byproduct. And Mm -hmm. over a couple of generations, you're beginning to see it. Just like girls are developing earlier, Humans are kind of getting bigger and buffer, and you just you're seeing these things. It's just it's evolution. It's bad news for us, mm-hmm. you know. Those of us who are in our twenties or dubs who uh, still likes to lurk occasionally. I do not lurk. These are the things that you got to worry about 
whenever you are uh, doing this stuff. Next, with El Jefe and J-Dubs. On 92.3 Free FM. What's next? All right, the way the show breaks down is you guys who are on hold and you want to talk about this, hang tight. We're going to get right to you right after the break, and then we're going to move on with the top ten stories of the day. But what we'll do is a quick recap, then we'll get in your phone calls, and we'll move into number eight. Also coming up, where does New York rank in road rage? Mm-hmm. And another reason to not want to be Paris Hilton. You guys hang tight. We'll bang these out. Getting three hours tonight, J-Dubs. Nice. First time next is rolling like that. Go to myspace.com slash nextradio to learn about the show. I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. This is Next on 92.3 Free FM. Next. Next. On 92.3 Free FM. If you missed it, here's what was next. MySpace.com slash NextRadio is the uh, website, NextRadioFans.com, FreeFMFans.com. I'm Hefe, that's Dubs. Um, it's 92.3, FreeFM, 866-313-FREE. Here's what was next. Mm-hmm. Number 10, Jerry Falwell dying. America loses another shock jock. <laughs> uh, as you hear all the... Yeah, he, uh, he had a lot of outrageous stances. Uh, I guess today's standards would, would really consider them outrageous. When would it not be? Eh, back in the day, that was, a, that was a normal thing. People didn't understand stuff, and they, they feared it. You notice how guys just don't evolve. It's the same thoughts as in Puritan times. Yes. Um, text messages bring down a teacher who had sex with uh, two ninth graders. Yeah, he got caught by text message. The text message was, ha, dot, dot, dot. I'm so going to hell, dot, dot, dot. I can't believe I hooked up with two ninth graders. Let's go to James on line one as we get your squeeze your phone calls in before we get to story number eight. James, you're next on 92.3 Free FM. What's up, buddy? Yeah, first of all, that teacher, he should have never hooked up with those ninth graders. That's, that's more incomprehensive to do that in the school setting. No, without and a doubt. I mean, all, you're not, you're not going to get in the argument. Them being that young, it's like, it's not that there's anything in the food. It's just something in our brain from caveman days. Yeah, I, I would even I would even agree with that. That's what I was saying. I don't think it's uh, that these girls are you know starting to mature younger and everything. I think there's just some guys who you know look back and they they don't remember how old the girls looked back then. They they just think that they're looking older now. I don't know, man. I just I remember in the seventh grade, no one had boobs, and they you know there was like one girl. Mm-hmm. And in talking to my little brothers, you know, they're like you know in the sixth grade they've already got them. You know, and it was so I, I mean it could be different. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Nick, on line four, you're next with Hefe and Dubs and 92.3 Free FM. What's up, Nick? Hey, it's Rick. All right, go ahead, my friend. Sorry about that. Oh, no problem, Matt. Um, a little anecdote for you. When I was about 26, I met a chick in the beer line at a concert, mm-hmm. and uh, we, uh, you know, got hooked up. I, well, I didn't live close by where the concert was, so I went back and got a hotel room and uh, spent some time with her, took a little hike around the forest, spent some more time with her. One day I'm taking her home. She asked to stop and get cigarettes. So uh, she's like, oh, can you go get them? I'm thinking, oh, I don't have any money. She doesn't have any money, right? So I grab a five, and I hand them to her. And she says, no, I can't get them. <laughs> so I'm having a heart attack, thinking, oh, no, this is illegal. And this girl had asked me to make a movie. Had I made that movie, 
I could have gone to jail. But how old Trace this call. Yeah. Trace <laughs> We're just kidding. All right, thanks, Rick. Or wow. Nick, as we'll call you. He had a whole train spotting thing. Remember when that happened uh-huh. uh, to, uh, what was it, Renton and train spotting? We met the girl at the club, and everything was cool, and he takes it back. Parents are there. He's got to walk her to grade school or, you know, uh, high school. I've got a similar story. Um, the, nothing, you have 10. Nothing, no, nothing happened. But my friend's like, hey, uh, my, girlfriend's ha- my girlfriend has a friend. Uh, we're going to go out. Do you want to come with us? She thinks you're cute, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, all right, sure. I go out, and uh, we hang out. We have fun. Everything is really cool. Um, and then we drop them off, and we're going back home. And I'm like, oh, yeah, she was, she was nice. She was cool. And he's like, hey, I didn't tell you this before, but she's 14. <laughs> I'm 19 years old at the time. I was livid, and I... Uh, Needless to say, I never called her back or tried to get with her after that, but it was a horrific time, and I'm so glad that I, you know, I didn't put any move on. Let's go to Dan on line six before we move on to uh, story number eight tonight. On hey, guys. Three, great show. Hey, buddy. What's up? Um, I had a teacher in middle school. I'll never forget this. I was talking to him in the hall. It was Valentine's Day, and a girl came up to him with a Valentine's Day card for him that was in an envelope. And so he's opening the envelope, and he asks her, did you lick this envelope? And she says, yeah. So when he finished opening it, he re-licked over the part where she licked to seal it and said, now it's like we French kissed. <laughs> All right. Oh. That's, uh, so that's the thing, though. Like, when you were a kid, like, at first you're like, okay, that's odd, and I don't know if this is right. But then later on, like, as you hear stories like this and you think it back on your childhood – you're like, wow, this has been going on forever. There was one really odd thing that we had in our school, and we even knew it was odd back then. Uh, we were probably about 14, 15 at the time. A uh, female gym teacher. She would go to all the girls and ask them about their menstrual cycles. She wouldn't, you know, offer any, like, help or, you know, anything. She would just want to know about it. And texture, we, you know, <laughs> nothing like that. I don't, I don't exactly like. We just heard like you know, like, uh, hey, have you started? It? Did you start today? And like, and she knew like when all these girls were regularly, you know. Start- well, maybe she was the health teacher. No, she wasn't. She wasn't the health teacher. I'm trying to figure it out. I'm trying <laughs> and, to make sense of it. And like we'd we'd ask the girls like, what what's up with that? And they're like, I don't know. She doesn't, you know, she just wants to know about it. She doesn't want to offer any, you know, help back or, you know, like uh, say anything about it. She just wants the stories. Or she likes the smell of pennies. Whatever yeah, it is, either you know, or. that's her thing. Next. Next on 92.3 Free FM. Story number eight. number eight. Those of you just tuning in, I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. It's 92.3 Free FM. Uh, this show's called Next. And it's a countdown of the quote-unquote top ten stories of the day. Mm-hmm. Uh, story number eight, J-Dubs. It's the face, not the body, that attracts the mate. Okay. Uh, apparently, the opposite sex much more interested in your face than your biceps, your elegant figure, uh, especially if you're a guy. Uh, apparently, on this, for women rating men, 52% of the attractiveness score was made up by the face rating, while for bodies, it was 24%. percent mm-hmm. This makes sense, thank goodness, for me. Because uh, I like to say I'm Radio's Vin Diesel. But you're a round mound. I'm more like uh, Radio's John Popper. Yeah. <laughs> and so, I, but I, I like to think, though, you know, I got a pretty hot girlfriend now. Mm-hmm. And so. It must be the face. It, it wasn't the body, definitely, that got her in. It was the face. Well, I don't know. Maybe about a year ago. Well, that's neither here nor there. <laughs> um, 
Now, for uh, for guys, on the other hand, rating women, 47% uh, was the overall attractiveness accounted for the face, 32% are body. This is kind of shocking to me when it comes to guys. Really? Yeah, I would think it's way more about the body than about the face. You know, I I don't th- I think you have to have one or the other. To me, you know, if you have one or the you other, would hope. You, yeah. You, well, yeah, I'm not gonna go with anybody who doesn't have either or. But the face definitely ends up being the most important part. You go to a and you can you know it's kind of cliche, but you can drink them thin at the bar too. You know, if you're just looking to hook up. The face is definitely the most important part. Well, but there's also certain positions you can do where you don't even have to see the face. You know, yeah, that's, well, also- that's, that's true, too. But you don't know what she's going to be into or what she's going to allow. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I would say the face ends up being a little bit more important. I would think this is more about, uh, you know, like a relationship. Like, for relationships, it's more important that faces are good. When you're looking for a one-night stand... You can deal with a hit face if she's got a bang of body. I hope this is the end of the MySpace picture. Because <laughs> if, if girls find out that the body doesn't matter, we won't get these far-off shots from, you know, uh, above them that makes them look a lot thinner than they are. They have a really cute face, but then, you know, you, you go meet them, and there's the body that, you know, is just like a Hershey's Kiss. Yeah, we've known a couple of people in our time who would take those above angle, you know, and the face looks great. You're like, oh, wow, this is a Jennifer Aniston-looking chick. And you get there, and she looks like Joey Bear. Well, <laughs> and uh, being on the radio, you have girls call up all the time, and, you know, you're like, oh, okay, what do you look like? You know, just asking questions, and they'll always send you to the MySpace page. And then you invite them up, you know, say, yeah, hey, you're hot, come on up. Uh, you know, we'll do this, that, and the other. And then they show up. And you don't want to let them in because it doesn't even look like the person who was on the MySpace. Now, you don't care so much about a pretty face, Dubs, but you do like for them to have something severely wrong with them. That's my little thing. Uh, in yeah. a, I, I, can, I can get into a hot chick. I can do it. But what <laughs> turns... You pretend she has a penis. No. <laughs> what really turns me on from the get-go is a major flaw. There has to be a major... There's a whole thing you have to go through. It's about the stories to me. I have a whole little checklist in my head of like, all right, I've gotten that, and I don't need to do it again. Like, if if it's the same flaw I've had before, no, I'm not interested in it. All right, explain the flaw, though. Like, what kind of flaw? Like, uh, if one leg is severely shorter than the other. (laughs) If she is wearing that special shoe... You're lying. No, definitely. I would be so turned on by that. You've known for a fact for the last three years... I've been looking for a girl with one of those uh, T-Rex arms to, uh, you know, be into me because that's one of the very high ones on my list. Uh, 866-313-FREE. Again, story number eight, the face matters more than the body to both men and women. What's interesting is that Dubs and I, we were like at a warp tour or something, mm-hmm. and we saw one of these girls, and to you, she must have been gold because she had two T-Rex arms. She was a full uh, velociraptor. She was just walking around. All I needed her to do was make a high squeak out of that beak of hers. That would have been very high. So I'd what... have to ask for it at that point. If she had both T-Rex arms, I would have to ask for her to make odd uh, ra- uh, like uh, velociraptor noises during sex. So... Dubs and I, during the Offspring set, are running around following her. chasing this girl because Dubs wants to get up near her and close to her. Because here's the thing. She was hot. Yeah, she was very hot, except for uh, the, those those two <laughs> chicken wings she had going. Absolutely. Um, now, me, I need symmetry. 
Like I need a girl's face. I need everything about her to be symmetrical. Otherwise, I can't. Uh, I can't dig on it. You know what I mean? I just. I can't have one eye being bigger. Ooh, or that, like I haven't a, had that one yet. A mouth to droop. I would. I would love to have a cat eye. You know, one of those ones that are the the pupil is completely just bleeding all over the place, and it looks like a cat eye. I've never. The Craig Schwab. <laughs> he is a program director. What do you I doing? know. Uh, There's nothing wrong with his program directing. It's his eye. <laughs> All right. You know what? Fine. I can't even. I can't even collect myself from there. Let's move on. Next, with El Jefe and Jada on 92.3 Free FM. You picked up Detroit. What's wrong with you? All right. I'm Jefe. That's Dubs. It's 92.3 Free FM. Uh, again, the show moves quickly. We're. Uh, we're going to get to story number seven in a second. Uh, we do ten stories and some features for you. Uh, just some added extra little bonus stuff. Uh, tonight's first feature is something we call Not Quite Next. Here are some of the stories that were left off of the short porch last night. Mm-hmm. All right, so we didn't get to get to these last night because the Nets went. And it was kind of a long game there at the end. And post game went on. So here's some of the stories that we did not get to last night. Uh, Dubs, 12-year-old sues over Brokeback being shown in class. I guess uh, a teacher, they're suing for $400,000. for one movie being played. This is in Chicago. Apparently, there was a substitute teacher, and the teacher comes up and says, what happens in Miss Buford's class stays in Miss Buford's class. Now, you got to think, if you're a guy, yeah. you're like, oh, my God. I've seen this in those movies that are wrapped up in the paper bag in my dad's closet. Yeah, We're about to have of a some porno. sort of uh, orgy porno thing go on. And then she pops in a DVD instead of taking off her clothes, and you're like, all right, maybe she's going to show us some real freaky movie, and we're going to learn about life, you know, and uh, how to do things. Mm-hmm. You know, this could be really cool. And then... This. <laughs> and you gotta know that as a as a young, you know, what is this? What is twelve? What is that list? Sixth grade, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you're watching this film, then you know you're just like, man, what happened? What's going on? And I, I think twelve, it may be a little bit too young for this movie. I felt like I might have been too young when I went and saw it. Uh, I went and saw it at a dinner theater. It's the worst place to go see this movie. Um, you go there, you order your food, you order your drinks, whatever. And I, I had a hamburger, medium rare. What? I finally get my food. I'm eating it. It's about 10, 15 minutes in the movie. Right when I start eating the, the, the meal, it's the first sex scene. And right away. Now, I, I've seen the movie. In fact, I watch it for the first time. Instead of watching my Mavericks get pummeled by the Golden State Warriors ah, two weeks ago. Instead of uh, the Mavericks getting pummeled, you watch Jake Gyllenhaal get pummeled. Absolutely. But I missed that scene. What's that scene? Uh, well, it's their first time you know, having sex. And it's very raw. It's very forceful. It's, it, it's, a, it's one of the most graphic scenes I've ever seen in a movie. Do they and sh- they don't show any kind of... It, it just like the emotion that they're showing. All right, so do you think this is worth uh, $400,000 for this kid if she yeah. felt trapped? I think each of the kids should get it, uh, the, the 400000 
what happens in Miss Buford's class stays in Miss Buford's class. Oh no! Not if you're showing broke back. It, there's just no way. Do straight do gay people get ugged out by straight sex scenes, like a <sighs> monster's ball or something like that with Holly Berry and you know what's his name? If if uh, if straight people are ugged out by the gay sex scenes, I'd have to assume, even though it is kind of more conventional, it's what you've uh, grown up with. You would have to be kind of like, you know, like oh, this isn't even anything remotely uh, appealing to me. Right. Eight six six three one three free. We're up at the feature right now. Uh, not quite next. The items left off of last night's short porch. Bruce Willis has decided to make his diehard character a non-smoker. John McClane. John McClane. He says he is worried because it would encourage impressionable youngsters to take up the habit. And he didn't want to feel responsible for that. Really? I don't think uh, John McClane was actually a cool guy in all, any of the movies. He's always kind of a loser. I guess in the first movie he's kind of cool. But at the end, well, he's he, was a hero, al- he was, but he was an alcoholic. He lost his wife. He, he was lost still his a kids. Hero. Yeah, he was a hero, but he wasn't like that conventional, really cool guy with everything. He, does, he didn't have it all together, and it showed it with him uh, being an alcoholic smoker. You know, that's a funny thing. He is an alcoholic. He couldn't hold his, hold his marriage together, and he smoked. So the thing that they're going to take away is the smoking. Yeah, that's the thing that could really end up hurting children. Now, not I, being uh, not being a deadbeat dad. I didn't know Die Hard, the new one, was going to be marketed toward children. I thought this was a rated R thing. I do some research. They're considering making it a PG thirteen, and Die Hards aren't supposed to be PG thirteen. I remember other movies that were ruined by a PG thirteen, and specifically, real fast. Major League Two. I was such a huge fan of Major League. Growing up, played baseball. I thought it was the greatest movie ever made. Major League Two came out, and it stunk. Mainly because of the fact that there was no cursing. There was no adult theme. There's no snipes. Yeah, well. Now, with a a diehard, though, and, you know, it being such a long time since the first one came out, you can't be you know, kind of going towards kids with it because the kids don't remember the first one. I doubt they remember the second one. They may remember the third one, but even then, that came out, what, early 90s? Have you ever done anything because you saw it in a movie? I mean, seriously. I've wanted to. Uh, well, I wanted to build a DeLorean. That didn't mean I was going to be able to do it. But I I, uh, I don't know if you've ever seen Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. And I, I used to watch it all the time in high school. He had this whole trunk full of these different drugs and everything. I'm like, wow. There's a few I haven't tried. There. You know, I mentioned train spotting earlier. I gotta admit, the movie in the beginning makes heroin seem like the greatest invention on God's green earth. It really did. Um, but beyond that, everything. I don't think any kid's gonna smoke because of John McClane. Well, everything now is for children. Yeah. And just as a general question, and maybe we'll touch on this a little bit later on because we uh, we're gonna have to take a break here in a second. So if you want to get in, hop in quickly. Eight six six three one three free. Are kids really better now since we started catering everything for them and making them safer? You know, certain things can't be said on the radio. Certain things have to be during certain times on television. You know, movies and this and that are dumbed down. Are kids really better behaved now than they were before all that went into effect? Absolutely not. They're so sheltered now. They they don't make these mistakes. They don't, you know, you know, do these bad things and learn the lessons from them. And uh, they just act out at all times because they really don't know what's good and what's bad. They know what's on the Internet and what's on TV. 
it does seem like they're spoiled. Like mm-hmm. the whole, like our society, America, is so catered toward protecting children from adulthood that by the time they end up becoming adults, they do not act. No, they don't know what adulthood is. They, they, they I think people really want like a constant childhood. There's a whole Michael Jackson effect going on where everybody's wanting uh, to, uh, you know, help children. Which I'm not saying don't help children. But in cater- Screw them. I don't care. Whatever. We got but if you want, if you want to help children, fine. If you don't, don't. But I don't think you need to cater every little thing towards children and not allow adults to be adults. Well, that's been going on for a long time. I don't know who started this. I do. Who? Whitney Houston. How? The children are our future. And everybody, that moved a lot of people. Everybody's like, yes, yes, they are. And, I didn't think of that before. And yet, look at the example. Here you got a woman who's battled all sorts of drug addictions. She's the she, female John McClane. Well, the the, uh, the original uh, cut of that song they cut out, the children are future drug mules. So that's what was left off there, and that's why the this song has been misconstrued. Joe, let's talk to Joe on line one. You're next with Hefe and Dubs on 92.3 Free FM. Go ahead, my man. What do you got? Joe. Let's try Mike. Mike on line three. You're up with Hefe and Dubs. Phone problems again. Oh, Hello? We got you? All right, there you go. Sorry about that. Go ahead, my man. Well, who is this? What's up, guys? It's Mike. All right, Mike. Hey, hey buddy. How you doing, man? I'm just going to let you know that I think kids today are a whole lot worse than they used to be. I mean, I I encounter way more spoiled kids than I used to when I was a kid. I mean, we we weren't like the the model kids. You know, we did our bad things. Well, we how- got in trouble, but you know, I, I think it, it's extended. I mean, we were we were really bad till like uh, ten or twelve years old, and then we got our ass kicked enough times, and then we learned what would hurt us, what was bad, what was good, and we kind of cut it out. Man, I feel like we're a couple of old grandpas sitting on the stoop <laughs> bitching about the kids. You and know? I, does it just progressively get worse? And like these, uh, the people when we were kids saying, "Oh man, they're so much worse than we were when we were kids," and now it's just keep on snowballing until we blow everything up. It does seem though, because of this whole idea of, "All right, we have to protect you. We have to shelter you from words and thoughts and, and yourself and ideas and yourself." And put a put a, a helmet on you for every little thing. It does seem that it just extends adolescence further and further, and that's why here you got a 29-year-old man you're listening to right now still bumming some, uh, some whatchamacallit, some, some money, cash, yeah. some cash from mom and dad. Uh, we actually talked about that the last time we were rolled around uh, here in New York. Let's go to Alex. Alex on line four is up next with Hefe and Dubs and 92.3 Free FM. Go ahead, Alex. How you doing, guys? Hey, buddy. All right, I wanted to uh, wanted to make a comment. You guys were saying that all right, I'm not gay. First of all, that's just what I want to get <laughs> okay. my it's chest too bad. right off the bat. But mm-hmm. we're talking about gay people being turned off by straight sex scenes. Mm-hmm. I I don't agree. I don't think that that's the case. Not that I would know firsthand. But well, we we're we we're wondering it. about it. Yeah, we, I don't know for sure. I was just wondering. Well, it, it does seem more conventional to them, so I don't know if it'd be an actual turn off. But it, it can't like be like an interest to them. Right. Well, well, what I was thinking was, I mean, as a man, you're turned off by guy on guy because there's nothing there for you. I mean, you're not looking at anything that you Mm -hmm. want to look at. But Mm -hmm. as a gay man, if you were looking at a straight sex scene, you're still seeing a man sexually aroused. You're still seeing something that you would like to see. 
Good point. Alex, you're a genius. Whether, whether or not the partner is female or not, I mean, you're still seeing a man involved. Uh, in you know what it that's is? That's got to be a turn-on for a gay it's man. It's the exact opposite of us with porn where we, you know, we try to not focus on the guy and we're just looking to the girl. Isn't that the worst when they <laughs> when they focus on the guy's face? What porn director would throw that up on the screen? Then it's the exact opposite, though, for gay people where they are absolutely tuning out that filthy, nasty girl <laughs> and uh, looking at uh, Peter North. And that's what they're digging on. And that goes back to uh, one of these stories right now. We're in the middle of the feature of uh, items left off the short porch last night. Not quite next. Going back to the bro- broke back shown in class. Let's try Gil. Gil on line five. You're next with Hefe and Dubs. Hey, guys. Outside. How are you? Hey, buddy. Uh, let me tell you. Were you guys talking about being old guys or feeling old because, you know, your mom and dad would, uh, you know, if you were 12 years old and you did something wrong, they put you through a wall? Yeah. You know, I don't understand what was wrong with that. I mean, the, the fact is, is that my dad worked for years for the uh, for the court system. I feared him more than any police officer, more more than any judge, more than any gang, more than any cartoon. Because if I did anything wrong, he'd know about it right away. Absolutely. I was the same way. My dad was a, an assistant principal at the time when I was coming up through school, and he was the assistant principal in charge of swatting kids, and he'd have that board that he'd bring home and say, don't you ever think about it because I get plenty of practice during the day, and I'd love to get a little extra practice at night uh, with you. So, you, I mean, there there is some of that to be said, Gil, absolutely. Yeah, and I, I just think of a lot of these parents that – you know, they, they freak out over, oh, I don't let my kid watch Spongebob, or I don't let my kid look at this. And you look at them and go, you know what, what were you like when you were a kid? Did, yeah, you, did you grow up in a box or something? Were you raised by wolves? That's a great point, too, and thanks for the phone call, Gil. We're up on a break. It is. It does seem interesting to me how you always forget. Like, mm-hmm. sometimes you forget what it's like to be a kid, to have all this innocence, and then all of a sudden your body turns on you. You know what I mean? Not only just like sexually where you're feeling all these feelings, but all of a sudden you got this extra aggression and you don't know how you're going to take it out. So you're punching your little brother or, you know, you're getting in fights at school. You know, you kind of forget because you've you've already dealt with that and you've moved on and you forget about how such a a weird time that was. It's a different world for you when you're that age. Next on 92.3 Free FM. What's next? All right, Dubs. Uh, we're going to get back into the actual countdown tonight of the top ten stories. We did uh, ten through eight, a little feature of the stuff that was left off the short porch last night. And uh, still to come, in addition to uh, seven through one, we've got a little sports update for you. Also, the Al-Qaeda job application. And is TV too white? I'll tell you what TV star comedian actually thinks that uh, now that is the case. And we'll get caught up on your phone calls. There's some really good stuff left tonight. We got two hours left, taking it till midnight. I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. The show's next on 92.3 Free FM. Next on 92.3 Free FM. If you missed it, here's what was next. I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. This is next on 92.3 Free FM, a countdown of the top ten stories of the day, according to us. And, of course, with you. Uh, feel free to hop in. The show moves pretty quickly. So as soon as you hear something you want to get in on, 866-313-FREE. At this point, when we get back from the breaks, we'll uh, do a quick recap. Uh, any uh, stragglers on the phone, we'll get to you, and then we'll move on. 
Only up to number seven, Dubs, is next expands from two to three hours. Uh, tomorrow night, the short port, so we're probably only going to do a top five. Yeah, uh, most likely. But in the meantime, uh, face matters more than body, apparently, according to a uh, survey. That was story number, uh, number eight. Yeah, so uh, people find the face more attractive than the body. And the feature, the first feature of the evening, was not quite next. The stuff that got kicked off the short porch last night. Uh, broke back shown in class and die hard uh, John McClane's not going to smoke because Bruce Willis doesn't want to influence the kids and the thought behind that was are we really are children really better now that we've been insulating them with all this stuff and protecting them from everything and everything's for the children and think of what the children are going to hear and die hard is not for the children anyway that's another point too let's go to uh, Joe on line 3 and then we'll get up to uh, number seven. Joe, you're uh, next on 92.3 Free FM. Hello? Hey, buddy. Go ahead. What's going on, buddy? Uh, I'm a teacher. Yeah, I'm a chemistry teacher in uh, high school. And these kids, they're just getting out of control. They're, they're getting violent. And they're, uh, freaking one kid threw, uh, threw a bottle of, uh, of acid across the room at another kid. All right, now how, how long have you been teaching? Just to give us a frame of reference. I mean, have you been in for 10 or 20 years? You've seen a lot of generations. I've been, I've been working there. I've been working there for about five years now. Okay, so but, this this is like kind of your first uh, your first impression of these kids. Well, have you seen a well, difference? No, not just really, from... because uh, the, you see, I've, I've been I've been uh, an intern, you know, for a while. Gotcha. Okay, so you've seen you've seen about maybe six generations, and you've known a difference from when you've started to where you are, you know, today teaching. I see a difference from when I was a kid. See, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm thirty years old. How about you the know, other... I, I would never even think of that. How about the older teachers, maybe like the 50- or 60-year-old teachers at the school? How do they, how are they feeling about the kids? Do you, I mean, you guys are in the uh, the break room or whatever? That teacher's lounge that you always yeah. want to be in, like wondering what goes on in there. What do they say? You know, they, they really just want to get this one kid in particular. They want to get him out of the room. They really want to put him in the doghouse. What? What? Exactly. What? And, you know, we said this yesterday, too, uh, just because it came up real quickly. And there's another thing that happened today in radio. Mm-hmm. And um, we're all we're all in this little fraternity. Yeah, we're all in it together. And you know we feel incredibly awful as to what happened. Like, mm-hmm. Guys who are on the beach now, and mm-hmm. us. We've been here for uh, uh, on the beach for six months. You know, looking for work, uh, specifically in this format and doing what we do. And when we got to come up to New York uh, last February, uh, those guys were very. We chat, chatted with Elvis for a couple of minutes. He was real cool and. We genuinely wish them the uh, the best of luck. Yeah. I just hope the story he said was true because mm-hmm. I was looking for a little information. You could have gotten that out. We'd have let you do that. I just need a little information, if you would, please. Next on 92.3 Free FM. Next. Story number seven. All right, Dub. Story number seven. Uh, cities with the most and least road rage. We got a little next download for you, which is our version of audio. Uh, to get next you- download. Miami, we are number one when it comes to driving with an attitude, a bad attitude. Mm. For the second year in a row, we drivers in the Magic City earn the title of worst road rage. The survey conducted by Auto Vantage blames our problems on the mixture of two groups on the road, retirees out for leisurely drives and the young professionals zipping on the way to work. See how that works? Yeah. Other cities near the top of the rude driver's list are New York, Boston, Los Angeles, and Washington, D.C. I like the contributor uh, with the anchor there. 
Uh, just, <laughs> just grunting along the way. I, I guess that guy's promoing the new Caveman show. Right. Uh, a little disappointed. New York's not number one. Yeah. How does Miami get to outdo you? Uh, when it comes to road rage. I think they kind of explained it right there with these old people. I will say this. Uh, Dubs and I living in Florida right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, the other day I'm driving, and an old guy in what looks to me to be like a little Geo Metro literally flipped me off uh, <laughs> because I guess I was going too slow for him. I don't know what's going on. To me, we've lived in a lot of places. I yeah. grew up in Texas. Uh, moved to Michigan where you and I met. We worked in Washington, D.C. We're living in Florida right now. Uh, I've never seen anything worse than a Florida driver. Really? Uh, to me, they got nothing to lose here. It's, <laughs> it's the second chance state. You it know. really is. It's, it's the rundown of the country. Right. Uh, every single one of them. Uh, is I'm out here to do my thing, and I'm not worried about you. When we when we drove in uh, New York when we were up there, I didn't find it to be that you know bad. I mean, it, it is New York. There's a lot of people on the road, so there are going to be some really bad ones. But, I mean, it, it comes to be expected. I, it wasn't nearly as bad as what I saw in D.C. when we lived there. Mm-hmm. That could People were driving down the wrong way, f- flying around, knowingly driving down the wrong way, and didn't care. And th- th- it wasn't enforced. Now, um, this seems a little racist to me, too. Why is that? Because if you look at the top five, you know, it's a very urban kind of setup. Okay. Uh, D.C. five, L.A. four, Boston mm, three, New York two, and Miami one. As a Latino, this seems a little racist, like we're somehow, somehow hot-headed, and it's all our fault uh, that we have all this road rage going on. Do you think that has anything to do with it, or is that... No, of course not. Then why would you come to that conclusion? I, I, when I saw the study, I, that didn't even occur to me. Well, because you're white. It occurs to me. No, it occurs to me that there's a lot of people there and a lot of people trying to get places, not that people are Latino and hot-headed. Uh, I just, it seems to me like it has a little bit of a uh, stink to it. This auto, so? this auto advantage, whoever they are. I've never known Miami to be an awful place to drive. Even when we, you know, we're living in Florida, I've never known that to be. I've never been to Miami. It could be the worst place to drive. Well, you always hear about, you know, you know, obviously New York has a uh, just from movies has uh, you know a little bit of a uh, history or a stereotype that goes with it. Miami doesn't. Now Miami, is there any kind of bilingual signage there? Because I know there's a lot of Spanish speaking only people in Miami. I would imagine maybe some of the signs aren't as legible for people who don't, you know, read or speak English and maybe that's part of the problem. I I'll be perfectly honest, I don't know. I try to stay away from Miami. Uh now, what do we do to fix road rage? Is there anything you can do? To me, I'm thinking, you know, a lot of times you'll have trucks and stuff that are driving. They have mm-hmm. the, hey, how am I doing? If you see something, call this number and report me. Do you think we ought to do something like that, throw something like that up on all the cars and make it mandatory? What would it be, a general number where you can call in? Like, uh, it's like- your personal cell phone. It's your car number. No, because you have people like me tailgating some hot chick. Hey, I'm uh, behind you right now. I was just wondering uh, what you're doing tonight. All right, well, then how do you fix it? That was my idea. You put everybody's phone number out there because then you feel accountable. Like, you don't want to, you know, piss somebody off because then they have your number. They could be prank calling you all How about this? Everybody, and it doesn't matter who you are or what age or whatever, 
you have to wear a bonnet. Okay, be Ever, serious. No, seriously, seriously. How could you get mad and ang- angry and start yelling at people in a bonnet? It would just look silly. Imagine some guy leaning over his car just yelling about your drive and honking his horn in a bonnet. It's not gonna. It's not gonna go over well for either person. They're just gonna look at each other and just shake their heads and move along. All right. So I'm trying to solve road rage, and you're throwing bonnets, out bonnets. Bonnets will solve road rage. All right. So now you're gonna say, "Hey, look at the Amish. There's not a lot of road rage going on there." Is not that gonna those be... kind of bonnets? Just like a really nice, maybe uh, powder blue or pink uh, baby bonnet. Such an ass, Lacey. <laughs> uh, now what about this? And this is gonna upset a lot of people. Mandatory minimum age. For guys driving 35. Why? The reason is because that's when your testosterone starts to roll downhill. You're no longer going to be filled with that much rage, that road rage, so it's not likely to happen as far as you getting in fights. Because I guarantee a lot of this stuff, even though I said an old old person flicked me off the other day, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff is between teens and 20-somethings uh, with their car as an extension of their manhood. I, I would I would agree. I don't think 16-year-olds should drive at all. At that point, uh, when I was starting to drive, it was just another toy. We would uh, we would actually steal each other's cars. We would, uh, hey, let's go steal Chad's car tonight and just what? wreck the hell out of it. And it's not our car. You know, it's our lives in that car, but we didn't think of it like that. We just thought of it as, hey, this product isn't ours. Let's beat the hell out of it. Okay, so... Very dangerous. So you think that 16-year-olds should be driving, or they no, shouldn't? No, no, without a doubt. They, they should be, I would say... Probably 20, something like that. I don't think 35. I think women, about 24, 25. I don't think they have, and don't don't get me, don't don't think I'm sexist Sexist here. I don't think they well, have. Well, you are, but this isn't the reason why we should say you are. I don't are. think they have, like, really the mental makeup. Stop. at No, seriously. I, have you ever drove, drove with a younger woman driver? They get freaked out over how fast stuff's going all around them. You're so stupid. You know what that they is? They can't drive next to semis. Have you ever drove with a woman next to a semi? They look over like the thing's going to eat them. Who wants to, though? It doesn't It doesn't affect you, though. That is your ex-girlfriend. Your ex-girlfriend. Oh, she... <laughs> until, I, until probably after I left her, she uh, or she left me or whatever, uh, she wouldn't drive, and she never had driven, on an expressway. Such a, you're such a sexist pig. Wow. Because you think that women don't have the mental capacity to I've drive never, until okay. 25. Maybe they do. I've just never ridden with one. Because you've been with a girl for the last few years. No, Give I, me another I, example other than your ex-girlfriend. My sister. Um, She's too fat. She's got that big-ass gut touching the steering wheel. Many different girls in high school, they would drive and they couldn't handle it. And they would just be in the town of Fowlerville. I mean, there's not a whole lot going on. There's not a lot of traffic in Fowlerville. That's and your mid- get freak out. Fowlerville's dubs his little mid-Michigan hick town that he grew up in. Mm-hmm. Let's go to uh, Tony on line two. You're next with Hefe and Dubs and 92.3 Free FM. Go ahead, Tony. Hey, what's going on, guys? Hey, buddy. I was going to say, you guys are saying that Miami is worse than New York as far as, you know, road rage. I'm a professional road rager myself in New York. And I'm just saying, like, you know... You get into an argument in Miami, what's going to happen? They're going to hit you with a walker or something? You get out and you push them over, you know, break a hip. What's going to happen? You get out and run away. 35 miles per hour, not very violent. In New York, you're like 120 down at LIE, Southern State. You get out. God knows what happens in New York. Yeah, thanks, Tony. And I, I've done the road rage before, and I'll I'll be hanging out the window. Pull over. Pull over, mother. And uh, when they pull over, I just speed right by them. 
and piss them off even more. So they then they come up, and it's a whole thing where we both uh, start pulling over, and one speeds past the other. And by the it's way, fun. we didn't say from personal experience that Miami is the worst. No, this is it's auto a advantage. study. Yeah, it's a study, and it's story number seven tonight. Uh, next on 92.3 Free FM, New York ranking number two as far as road rage goes. I think we could be number one if we really put our minds yeah, to yeah. it. Miami, two years in a row, number two. We have to really step number it up. Number one, Miami, two oh, years yeah, in a row, one. number one. And uh, I think we can step it up and knock them off after the third year. Let's go to John on line one. You're next with Hefe and Dubs. Go ahead, Listen, John. if they took into account the amount of stupid hot dog carts and halal food carts and nut carts driving across town, I tell you what, it wouldn't even be a contest. Miami can't hold the candle. I don't care how many old people are on the road. All right, I got you. I understand what you're saying as far as all the other stuff. That's it's not even cars. Mm-hmm. I mean, not they even are that. technically. Some guy pushing a car across the town. Oh my god. <laughs> I I got you. I think. And the other thing too that I think adds to the New York, you know, road rage, is not even the people in cars. No. But people walking, trying to cross streets, do things like that. And it has to happen. People have to cross the street. But, I mean, that you know, people are moving slower than cars, and it really pisses you off when they're trying to make that uh, walk light. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm that ass. Uh, you better stop. Because if you don't, I'm going to punch your car. Now, you may hit me going at 20 miles an hour, but I'm going to get a nice punch in. But do you pick it up to at least a nice gallop where you are, you know, kind of moving a little bit quicker to get across the street? I like to stroll. You know, it's a it's a beautiful a day in the neighborhood. Be. I like to stroll and enjoy things. Let's go to Sal. Sal on line three, you're next with a Hefe and Dubs in 92.3 Free. What's going on, guys? Hey, do. Uh, first of all, I'm kind of offended that uh, New York uh, isn't number one. I can't even imagine that. Yeah, I, that's what, I, that was kind of shocking to me that Miami's number one. I would have never you know even thought it. It must be that there must there must be like more murders or something like that going out on the roads in Miami. But oh, yeah, uh, anyway. I don't think that um, the list has anything to do with, um, you know, it being minority cities as much as, um, if you look at it, except for L.A., they're all East Coast cities. And to take it out Miami, they're all Northeast cities. So I'm sure it's just a, you know, a type of uh, attitude in that part of the country, you know? You know, that's a great, too. That's a great point, too, my man, because, you know, Dubs and I living in Florida, you mm-hmm. know, currently, I, th- I still think we're Northeasterners. And I think we kind of, you know, just having you been in Michigan... Uh, I still kind of carry that D.C. vibe with me wherever we go. Uh, so I can understand that that thing from the Northeast yeah. of, you know, just a little bit of attitude. Appreciate the phone call, my man. Real quick, uh, my hometown of Dallas came in at number 21, so we're more of a nicer place. Uh, Portland, Oregon was the nicest place when it comes to road rage. Tampa, where we're living currently, is number 16. And Detroit, Dubs, where you uh closest biggest city where you grew up, mm. Uh 13. Not bad. This is kind of shocking. Philly, number nine. Yeah, you'd think they'd be a little more angry. Uh, let's go to line four, Farrell. Uh, you're up. Uh, you're next with hey. and Dubs. Go ahead, my man. Hey, how you guys doing? Okay, uh, I got to agree with the fact that the women drive differently. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, and you always got women saying they don't want to go on the highway or they don't want to drive into Manhattan because the drivers are too crazy over there. And, you know, you never hear a guy saying, oh, I'm not going into Manhattan because, you know, I can't drive there or something. No, that's a good point. I got to say this. Whenever I come into the city, I love it. I mm-hmm. love the challenge of being able to get from one lane to the other. It, uh, really kind of a video game mentality like Dubs was talking about earlier. Appreciate it. Oh, that. yeah, and you, and you got to learn from the cabbies. You catch the lights and you just go. Yeah, absolutely. Let's go to Jared on line two, also in Brooklyn. You're next with Hefe and Dubs. Go ahead, Jared. 
Jared, go. And Jared is gone. That's all right, though, because we got to move on, man. We're running late. Told you, it moves fast. Mm-hmm. Next. On 92.3 Free FM. Story. Story number six. Dub, story number six tonight. This is one of those you feel awful because, you know, we're talking about how bad kids are. Mm. You know, and also in another way, they got stuff to deal with that we never had to deal with. There's this kid in Vegas who uh, is on April 13th in his algebra class. He's hanging out. Then another guy who he had never even talked to before comes up and starts beating the hell out of him. <laughs> Just punching him in the back, in the back of the head, in the back of the neck. It happens. Wailing on him. Okay, well, this stuff goes on. You know, that's, that's high school. It happens. Uh, someone else, though, starts recording it on their camera phone All right. and puts it up on YouTube. <laughs> So now... So this beating has been immortalized on YouTube. So his mom sees it online, and she says, Oh, my God, it has put a hole through her heart, watching her son get his ass kicked in an unprovoked fight. <laughs> now, um, she's going through this whole thing where she wants to sue the school because the school said, Well, hey, when the attacker comes back, there's nothing we can do about it. We can't protect him. You know, that's just... You know. Yeah, well, you, you can't guarantee protection in a school. I mean... You, you like to say, hey, we're going to do as much. We have all these people set up to look out for this kind of stuff. But there's more kids than there are uh, teachers, and stuff's going to happen, and we'll try to do as much as we can. And the principal even tried to dissuade her from going and pressing charges with the campus police. But where I say they kind of have it tougher, remember when we were in high school and something like that would happen, and maybe you take an ass whooping, or maybe you're in your speech class and you're giving your speech, and it's just awful? Mm-hmm. Well, I was in speech and debate, and I know I certainly had rounds where maybe there were five or you know six kids in the in the in the classroom with me, and if I had a bad round where I screwed everything up, I could leave there and be like, all right, only those of us in that room experienced it. But nowadays, I would be the first one to pop out my camera phone and record some guy having an awful time of either getting a beat down or, you know, messing up. Yeah, this guy with this beat down, it's on tape and everything. He probably told his friends, yeah, I got a couple shots in. It wasn't that bad. He didn't get, he didn't beat me up that right, bad. Right. But now, all his friends can go on, check out this beating on YouTube, and completely expose them for the pussy is. Now, I will say this, too. Like, just overall, you're allowed to make, we were kind of allowed to make mistakes and get away with it. Mm. I don't know if you guys know, remember that drop, Boom Goes the Dynamite. I know yeah, Ron and Fez will play it, where it's this kid, and I wish we had it, I, I should have thought of that, but it's this kid who's in college doing his sports report. Yeah. And it is awful. But the one line he pulls off is, Boom Goes the Dynamite. Well, that would have only been seen in his little closed circuit. Yeah, it was probably closed circuit, just in the dorms, him just trying to, uh, become a broadcaster of some sort having a little fun out there and he completely lets the wheels fall off and it's on youtube immediately and everybody's laughing at him um the i guess uh, going on the school says they do have some programs that focus on bystanders who witness bullying uh the program emphasizes the difference between reporting and tattling also too they say uh students tell the proper authorities about the bully in order to help the victim that's reporting tattling is meant to get somebody in trouble. So they're even doing that whole snitches get stitches gimmick, yeah. and they're already running that in high schools. How did you handle a bully when you were growing up? What uh, did you do? Uh, did his hair, um, showered him. So uh, you, you really kind of gave in? 
No, I was probably the bully. I, I'd probably be considered a bully in school. I, I never beat anybody up. I never punched anybody in the head, but I was one of those people who would always, you know, make fun and, you know, goof around. And no one really picked on me either. I, I guess my freshman year. Of course, you're going to get, like, whenever you are a freshman, you're going to uh, have these seniors that maybe play the same sport as you beating you up, and you just took it because... That was the food chain. That was the other thing, too, about being in high school, and I remember this specifically. I never wore the brunt of it, but a lot of my buddies played high school basketball on the freshman team. Uh, it was a thing known that if the seniors ever saw you walking around class, you know, walking around the school or walking around the gym and you had your arms at your side, open chest, <laughs> and just punching the hell out of you with the coaches standing there and watching. Yeah. And doing absolutely nothing about it. Oh yeah, we had this one guy. He was uh, he was really mean, uh, and I ended up being really good friends with him after a while. But I hated him at first because you'd just be walking to class as a freshman, holding all your books or whatever, and he would come up and just give you this hellacious Charlie horse that would have you crawling into class, and you crawl into class, and they're like, oh yeah, Aaron got you. The teacher would, <laughs> and. It was just you know one of the things. I'm sure they just joked about it after school. Story number six is uh, the uh, broadcasting of a beating on YouTube shakes a family's faith in the school system and whether or not what the school system is going to do. I don't know to what extent the school can step in and say, hey, and we do we need to walk around with an armed guard? I mean, how, what are we supposed to do? It's kind of your responsibility to make your kid a tough kid. Yes, we're not going to encourage bullying, but what are we going to do to stop it? We can't be watching, you know, 24-7. Mm-hmm. It's just not feasible. Now, the other kind of thing that sucks for this kid, too, not only did he get the beat down, not only was it broadcast on YouTube, mommy has to come to his rescue. Yeah, that's a little demoralizing. And it ends up being these kind of kids, though, that will go crazy and do some Columbine kind of stuff. Oh, without a doubt. You know, these are the this ones who feel that's so demoralizing that you know you aren't going to uh, be able to uh, to you know get rid of it. I mean, if you do something wrong in school at a young age, and even if you don't do something, if a rumor is started about you, you can't shake that thing. Uh, there was this one kid. There was a rumor that he had uh, he had sexual relations with cats. <laughs> yeah. I am sure your school too. Of course, Wait. every school has the, the cat guy, Harold. He was that was Harold in my school. Zach in our school, and I'm sure he you know didn't actually do this. It was just someone who figured you know what would be funny, tell everybody this kid likes to have sex with cats. And he, this was in second grade until he graduated. He was still that guy. Yeah, he was. We'd always, whenever Harold was around, we'd just go meow, meow. <laughs> oh, of course, and yeah. Just screw with him. Uh, the kid dropped out. Um, he's doing homeschooling now, and he's going to homeschool next year too. So I the, imagine the kid cut and run. He absolutely ran away. Kind of have to. And I don't point. know. I would move. You know, just and pretend there's a whole another world and that nobody else saw that YouTube. Next. On 92.3 Free FM, story number five. All right, Dubs, we're up to story number five right now. Uh, Mm. I'm Hefe, that's Dubs, 92.3 Free FM. And I don't want to spend too much time on it, but it's worth a note. Uh, Paris Hilton and everything that's going on with her, the 45 days in jail, uh, there were a couple of things that broke yesterday on it. The first one we're going to bring you with the next download. Next download. Paris Hilton at Tent City. We're not joking. Paris was ordered, you you probably know this, to 45 days in jail a few weeks back for violating her probation. But because of some serious overcrowding, 
in L.A., she may not have to serve all that time. Sheriff Joe Arpaio says he has spoken to the chief of jails in L.A. He's offered to house Paris at Tent City. And we're told the chief is actually considering the offer. I'll bet he is. All right, so the whole thing is... Who is enough, this lady? I don't know. I'll bet he is. Uh, not enough room in L.A. We're going to send her out to the Tent City. Tent City is no joke. I'm a big fan of them. I'm a, I'm kind of a liberal guy, but when it comes to punishment, I, 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 if if we know you're guilty, and with Paris, we know she's guilty. You know, We know she's guilty about the uh, driving on the suspended license. She's got a lawsuit coming up against her as far as a civil lawsuit about saying some nasty stuff. The new thing today was that there was a photo of her smoking weed like a week before going into court. So the girl has absolutely no thought or idea of the law. Intense city is tough. It's hot. There, there's no AC or anything. It's completely just uh, there's a couple you know industrial fans going around there, and I think they uh, isn't that the place where they put you in pink jumpsuits like the guys and kind of that's kind of their punishment too. Yeah, a little demoralizing. Uh, absolutely, which I'm down with. If you're gonna go to jail, you got to get demoralized. Now, briefly on this because we got to get to a break. What do you think has the most privilege? Because Paris Hilton, she's white, and you got to mm-hmm. admit there's white privilege. A little bit. Uh, she's rich. Mm-hmm. There's certainly rich privilege. And she's hot. She's beautiful. You know what I mean? I mean, in the traditional way, who has more privilege? I would say hot. Because hot usually helps lead to money. And, you know, if you're hot in any color, you're going to uh, do fairly well for yourself. If you go, you know, if you are just like the cream of the crop, hot. It's going to be a more privileged life for you than anybody ugly. I mean, there's some you know nasty white chicks who aren't going to go anywhere because of their skin color. I wouldn't see. I wouldn't necessarily believe that because I don't think that if you're like a beautiful person of color, I still think all right, you're you're held up to the standard of beauty within your community, but the standard for beauty is still white people. You know what I mean? But I'm I'm saying you know if you uh, if you're ugly. I think there is more of a you know legitimate shot that you are going to be uh, treated a little bit worse by everybody. And if you're hot, you're going to be treated by, better by everybody, not just your own race. All right, money. Now, as far as money privilege goes, as much as you may try, it can't buy you beauty. No. You know, I mean, I mean it can help. There are a lot. There's, there's stuff you can do. It can help, but it, it's not going to buy complete. I mean, if you were just hit. It's not going to give you a chiseled chin no, or, or jawline or anything like that. But uh, I don't know. I think it's whiteness. I think white privilege is nah. probably the privilege with the most. Because you kind of get access to everything. You've already got, if you have good genes, you're already, if you're white and you're hot, you're already automatically the hottest. And it gives you more access to money. I mean, it does. That's I think I think hotness gives you more access to anything than uh, than uh, race. So here, here you got a girl who has hit the triple crown mm-hmm. of privilege: white, rich, and pretty. And the girl can't hold it together. No, I mean it, it, that that just shows you that it, there's a lot more to it than uh, just the privilege. Absolutely, J Dubs. We're going to uh, come back here in just a second. Eight six six three one three free. 866-313-FREE. Next on 92.3 Free FM. What's, what's next? All right, Dubs, coming up next, 
as we're reaching the halfway point now. We've got a sports update for you. We'll get you kind of the latest on what's going on in there. Also, do pizza and beer really mix? And how a baby started a brawl. All that's up. MySpace.com slash NextRadio, NextRadioFans.com, and FreeFMFans.com. That's next with F.A. and Dubs, 92.3 Free FM. Next on 92.3 Free FM. If you missed it, here's what was next. I'm F.A. That's Dubs. It's next on 92.3 Free FM. Thanks for having us along. We're uh, former co-workers of Ron and Fez mm-hmm. uh, from our D.C. days. They're good buddies. Um, also, uh, we did a show there in D.C. called The Hideout and uh, also in uh, Orlando on Real Radio 104.1. This show next, a top ten uh, countdown of the stories of the day according to us. MySpace.com slash NextRadio, NextRadioFans.com, and FreeFMFans.com. Um, Dubs coming up on number seven was New York City, number two in Road Rage. Number six tonight was uh, the ass beating caught on YouTube. And number five, more reasons why you don't want to be Paris Hilton, even if she does have the triple crown of privilege. Next. 92.3 Free FM. It's happening. When? Now. And as soon as you hear something you want to get in on, uh, definitely hop in because we uh, we move pretty quickly. Each mm. each segment probably gets maybe less than ten minutes. Right now, Dubs, before we get up to uh, wow, uh, we're really moving along. Before we get to number four, a little sports update for you. Uh, that's uh, tonight's second feature: some sports. Yankees and White Sox rained out tonight, postponed due to rain. Rescheduled to two o five tomorrow as part of a day night doubleheader. The Mets got it handed to them by the Cubs, 10-1. to Ouch. Um, other big thing going on, kind of breaking. I don't know if you watch Keeping Up with the NBA Playoffs at all. Chicago extends the series, actually taking it to Detroit tonight and uh, taking that one back to uh, back to Chicago. Was it 3-1 now? It is now 3-1 as uh, Detroit wins 108-92. You mean Chicago wins? Yeah, I'm sorry. Chicago wins. Uh Robert Ory of the Spurs was suspended for two games for his actions in Game 4 where he he, uh, cross-checked, essentially, Steve Nash at the very end of the game. And Amari Stottlemyre and Boris Diaw were suspended for Game 5. That's way bigger for uh, the Suns than it is for the Spurs. The Spurs can lose an old man like Ory. But I don't know how the the Suns, who already have a short rotation as it is, are going to be able to roll without... Uh, Amari Stoudemire and Boris Diaw, who Boris essentially backs up uh, Stoudemire. So that ought to be very interesting. Um, as a lifelong Dallas Mavericks fan, I got to say, I don't know how I feel about this. Dirk Nowitzki was officially named the league's MVP tonight. Um, and, you know, I 67 wins, sixth most win in league history. But, man, did we flop. Uh, in uh, in the playoffs, I don't know what it was. Uh, Dirk just could not get off, but mm-hmm. he was handled. He was handed that MVP champion or that MVP award. Today. Now, would you have rather just everything was dropped? You guys were taken out of the conversation completely, and uh, you know he uh, he doesn't win. I mean, I don't know. Part of me certainly does want him to. Uh, you know, I'm happy that he won. Mm-hmm. You know, a little bit, but at the same time, too. Here's the way I equate it. It's like having great sex. All right. Okay? And you have this epic finish, 
Then you open your eyes and you realize you were the top. And everything was everything was everything felt well about it. But does but, it really uh, matter considering what you just done? Well, I mean, it depends on what you're into. Uh, I remember uh, this has to be four or five years ago. One of my radio buddies sent me a link, and he's like, "Dude, I know this is gay. This is a gay porno, but watch it. It is one of the oddest, funniest things you'll ever watch." So I, I, I. I flip it on i i take his word for it and it's a guy he gets picked up in this this van and in the van is a cameraman and a hot chick and he's like dude uh we'll give you five hundred dollars shows in the cash uh right now if you participate in this porno and um you know just sign all these legal waivers and everything and we'll get started and he's into it he's down so they start going, him and the chick start making out and everything, and she whispers to him how much she'd like to put a blindfold on him. Idiot does. The idiot throws the blindfold on, and as he does this, a man crawls out from underneath the bench seat in the van and starts doing stuff to this guy. Performing a treat. Yeah, and the guy is really into it. Everything's going on. And uh, afterwards, uh, the the guy sneaks back underneath the uh, seat, and uh, the girl acts like she was just the one who did all that. The guy is all happy about it, takes his money, gets out of the van, and as he's getting out of the van, they show him the video <laughs> on the camera. The guy performing the act. Yeah. And the guy loses it. Oh, I'm he, sure. gets, he gets pissed, and they just speed off laughing. So I love how my little Dirk Nowitzki analogy takes you to some porn that you have bookmarked on your computer. I don't have a bookmark, and it's on your computer. Uh, uh, also, keeping it in sports here as we're in the future, and then we'll get back into the countdown. you got a recruit who uh, says he's not going to play for Virginia Tech. Uh, Augustus Gilchrist says that the campus shooting that left 32 people dead he can't do it. He's not mentally prepared to honor his letter of intent and play for the Hokies next season. He's six foot nine, and he averaged nearly, I think, twenty-three points and ten boards uh, when he was playing at his uh, Clinton, Maryland, uh, high school. Now, my thought to this is, it didn't happen to you. He says yeah. he's too devastated, and he doesn't think that he can go to Virginia Tech. This didn't he, happen to you. You sound scared. You have the opportunity to go and help a school heal, essentially, mm -hmm. and you're just kind of throwing another thorn in the side. And I would see it as, you know, like whenever I buy a car or anything like that, um, if there's bullet holes in it or something, if like, you know, there's there, or if I'm flying, I, I like to see that there was some kind of plane defect, maybe crash or something that day, because <laughs> it lowers... The uh, the chances of it happening to me too. If a car has been shot in the side and everything, how many times is that car gonna get shot? You know, I'm I'm pretty safe in this car. Well, all right, I understand what you're saying, but see, this is like what happened at Virginia Tech was a black swan. It yeah. was an anomaly. You know, no one saw it coming. It probably won't ever happen again. It's not like you're gonna go to a school in a place like Compton. You know what I mean? It's not yeah, like you're going to a place that's always gonna be under fire. Yeah, it's not a dangerous place overall. It just one thing happened there. Now who the hell would want this kid on their team? He seems like he's already in a fragile mindset, kinda of like Dirk Nowitzki. 
Are you going to want this guy taking last-second shots or free throws? Or if he takes it to the Second hole? Second-guessing everything. If he takes it to the hole and he gets knocked over once, is he not going to want to go back there because he's afraid? Now, the other thing about this kid, too, is he was homeschooled. And he kind of did like this Christian school thing. Ah, a little bit of uh, the fear of God put in him. Well, I don't know if it's like this fear mentality, like that Midwest fear mentality where, mm. oh, wow, this can happen to me. Because, you know, having lived in D.C., uh, you know, moving there right after 9-11, of course, everybody in New York, you know, there's this kind of toughness about you. But, like, when we go visit friends and family. In, in these small towns, yeah. In Lubbock, Texas. Or in Fowlerville, Michigan, and they're all worried that Ikea, uh, uh, Al-Qaeda's headed for them next. And Ikea. Ikea's attacking everybody, too. Uh, yeah, it's just this real weird mentality, this Midwest mentality mm-hmm. that they're all afraid about. And then finally, Dubs, while we're keeping it in sports before we, uh, we move on here, uh, a little leaguer won't let his prosthetic legs keep him on the bench. Uh, he was a baby. Doctors had to amputate his... Uh, his lower legs, he was born without a shin bone, so they gave him, you know, all this stuff so that eventually he could walk. So he walks, but without, like, conventional legs. He's, He's got just hobble two there. titanium and carbon fiber uh, prosthetics. He pitches, plays first base, and he's hit three home runs and is among the league leaders. This is the kid why we lost. This is the kid and the reason why we're losing in the world championships. The reason why is... We're taught to go soft on kids like this. Well, not only are we taught to go soft, you can't go all out because you can't feel good about yourself. You know, striking this kid out, going, uh, you know, if you're pitching against him, going tight and low on him, you know, and trying to uh, strike him out. How do you throw a kid with no legs a curveball? Yeah, you, you can't. can't. You'd be an it, ass. Yeah, you. Uh, and if you if the guy gets a hit off you as well, you're also. Yeah, you're also going to get thrashed. So it's a no-win situation for you. You can't go hard on him because then you are just mean. And then if you go light on him and he gets a base hit or even a home run off you for some reason, then you are just a chump. Hey, congratulations! You struck out the kid with no legs. Exactly. There's no. There's no uh, happiness there. But allowing these kids to play in little league—that's what's making us soft and end up translating into us not being able to win something like the world championship. Do what. Make him do what he's going to do probably for the rest of his life and be a spectator. Do you think the Japanese are letting kids like this with defects? Hell no. Of course not. You think Dice K got to be as good as he is by throwing the kids who had some sort of uh, problems with themselves? Absolutely not. Yet we have this very soft thing about it, especially when it comes to sports. Uh, ironically enough, when it comes to competition, where you know you uh, you can't do it. You know you can't sit here and you can't take advantage of the week, which is exactly what you're supposed to be doing. Did you have uh, any kids with maybe uh, defects in school Actually, that you had to play against? We talked about it earlier. I played with a kid who had a Jim Abbott T-Rex arm. Ah. And he not only had the shorter arm, but then he all he didn't have quite everything. The guy could hit. Really? He was a great pitcher. I don't know how he did it. But, again, it was that same situation where you could see the kids in the other dugout being like, oh, look at this kid. He got, oh, he got a hit off you, and everybody laughing, essentially. Oh, without a doubt. And uh, in, in gym class, uh, we had this one kid who only had one leg. He was, uh, he was a freshman, and we were seniors, or I was a junior, or something like that. And he was a freshman, and uh, they were in the class next to us. And every once in a while, we would uh, blend classes and play a big game. This time, we played kickball. And this guy was up to uh, to bat and kickball. He uh, kicks the ball. You know, everybody, you know, 
by some run to first base or whatever. Then he, uh, the next person comes up, kicks the ball. We grab it. This son of a bitch tries to steal second. Like he goes back and tags, and with his one good leg, tries to steal second. So one of my friends pulls back, throws the ball, hits him right in that leg, right in the bad leg, and knocks it loose. So <laughs> this ass tries to steal second on us, and then we are considered the bad guys because we knocked his leg off accidentally while trying to chuck a ball at him. And it's a, it, it's a tough thing when you're doing something like that, too, uh, in kickball, where you don't want to chuck at him too hard and hurt the kid and knock him over because he probably doesn't have the greatest balance in the world. Right. But also, you don't want to make him feel bad like he's not part of the game and just roll it at him. It's the sports part of Next with Hefe and Dubs and 92.3 Free FM. How is this kid any different from steroids? He's got something that's enhancing his body and helping him play the game. Enhancement. Well, it's allowing him to play. Otherwise, he's not playing. I mean, it is some so, sort of an, an enhancement. How is this different from roids? So he has to uh, take those off and play on his stumps if he wants to actually play the game. If you want to play the game, then play it right like Dorf. Otherwise, uh, <laughs> just strap a couple, a couple of cleats to your stumps. How hard would it be to throw a strike to the kid? He'd That'd walk be a small every zone. Time. Let's go to Mike on line one. Mike uh, in the sports section of next. You're, uh, you're up with Hefe and Dubs. Go ahead, Mike. And Mike dropped off. That's right, though, because we're running out of time here as we need to move on now to story number four. Next on 92.3 Free FM. Story number four. We teased this one last night uh, during our portion of the show called The Next Episode. And this is a brawl on Mother's Day. Mm -hmm. The crying of a one-year-old set off a Mother's Day brawl at a buffet restaurant in Toledo, Ohio. (laughs) Shocker that it's a uh, buffet restaurant. Four of the suspects pleaded innocent to assault and the rioting charges. Turns out what happens is... There's this lady with her kid, and the one-year-old is crying. I mean, just howling. We've all been there before Mm -hmm. uh, where this happens. Annoying. So one lady decides, you know what? Enough. I'm going to be a hero, and I'm going to do something about it. So so she goes over to the mom and says, could you please do something about your kid? That's fair. She's not going up there and, uh, you know, trying to do something herself. She's going over there asking the mother, please do something. You're bothering everybody in this restaurant. When the baby would not stop crying and the mother wouldn't do anything about it, the woman then yelled to the child, shut up. (laughs) Shut up. It must have been a highly stressful time there because uh, to push you to that point where you're yelling at a screaming baby, shut up, you have to be uh, at your last straw. So then the mom gets upset about this and decks the lady because she's it yelling, was a buffet crowd definitely because she's yelling at her kid to shut up the kid that she won't protect dubs i'm telling you now we got to do something about this hmm. we got to do something about these babies they're starting brawls i say a preemptive measure uh i say before they even get to become babies and start become these troublemakers we take them out here's what i don't like about babies period uh, if you bring them into a restaurant and it starts crying, take it outside. If you walk into a restaurant and you got a big uh, boombox with you and you crank it up, people are going to tell you, turn off that boombox. you got to turn off that baby when it comes in. Or if your kid has like a toy, you know, yeah. you, would tell, you would take the toy away from the kid if it's making noise and it's disturbing other people. Uh, if you had a dog that was barking. 
You know, for some reason you're able to eat at a restaurant in Florida. That's a big thing. You could take your dog to wherever you want to go and eat at a restaurant, mm. and the dog's barking. You take it away. Other places, babies shouldn't be allowed, and I'm serious about this. Wombs. Fair enough. I think that goes back to my whole preemptive strike thing. Uh, I'm with you on that. The other day, I go to watch uh, 28 days, uh, 28 weeks later. Yeah. Filled with children. Are you kidding me? Not even lying. These parents. Is that rated R? Yeah. Oh yeah. But they're with their parents. They're with their deadbeat parents, and the parents feel like they have some sort of right and entitlement because you know they couldn't practice safe sex. That they can go out. All right, I've been locked up with this kid for nine months, ten months. I was pregnant, and now I finally give birth. And it's been a year that I haven't been able to do anything. I really got to go see 28 weeks later. So I'm going to take the kid with me and hope that it's quiet. You know where I don't want to see kids? Online. Especially like a MySpace or something. <laughs> Have you ever seen... You I'm know, talking about babies. <laughs> yeah, ba- that's what I'm talking about. Like, uh, you know, a, a person puts up their bang trophy... Uh, which what? is their kid, you know, some chick puts it up there, and, you know, otherwise you'd be, like, really into this chick, but then you find out she has this little trophy from one of her prior qu- conquests. That is too funny. Whenever you're looking at a chick, like, you type in the uh, the zip code, and you go from the five miles around or the ten miles around, and the first thing you scan usually is the photo, mm-hmm. and, if, and if there's a photo of the mom with the kid or it says proud parent, yep. you absolutely stay away from them. So, again, babies are starting brawls, and something absolutely has to be done about it, Dubs. Next on 92.3 Free FM, what's next? Get in your phone calls at 866-313-FREE. 866-313-FREE. Also, we'll do another feature, the next guy to lose it on camera. We're up to story number three as well. Mm -hmm. So we'll do all of this as we come back in the final hour. On this Tuesday night, Hefe and Dubs, we're next on 92.3 Free FM. Next on 92.3 Free Free FM. If you you missed missed it, it. here's what was next. Got in some sports for you. Um, Dirk winning the MVP. Virginia Tech loses a recruit because of the uh, massacre there. Mm -hmm. Little leaguer. Uh, ruining American sports because he has a disability, and I genuinely think that the others take it easy on him. Yeah, and it just doesn't you, you help can't, you competition. Can't, yeah, you really can't take a take a really tough uh, angle at a kid without legs. And, it's impossible. And then a baby starts a brawl in a Toledo uh, buffet uh, where Classy. it it wouldn't stop crying. You ever notice this too about like people who go to buffets? Like this sense of entitlement. Yeah, they're usually a little bit cocky there, a little high on the hog over at that uh, Golden Corral. Because they want to get their eight ninety fives worth. Oh yeah, they they pack those plates full. And they also tend tend to be like indecisive. It's like I can't decide between the Jello and the mashed potatoes and gravy. I gotta have them both. Yeah, and they just I, mash them together on the same plate. I gotta have the fried chicken and the burger We've because had, I paid eight ninety five. We've uh, went to, uh, to uh, some of these places with people. Uh, salespeople from radio stations, and the salespeople at radio stations are usually just so cheap mm. that uh, <laughs> they won't do do anything with bread in it at the uh, buffets. We had a one guy who just wouldn't eat anything with bread in it from the buffet because he said that was a waste of money. He's going to fill them up too quick. Oh, uh, dude, don't drink all those liquids. Uh, it's going to fill you up. Yeah. And you're going to get your eight ninety five worth. Uh, just trying to give you a little tip there. I'd rather just enjoy what I'm eating here. 
That's uh, that's Dubs. I am El Jefe. This is next to countdown of the top ten stories of the day, according to us. And obviously, whenever you hear something you want to hop in on, please feel more than free so, uh, to do so. That's 866-313-FREE. Check out the MySpace, myspace.com slash nextradio, nextradiofans.com, freefmfans.com. Uh, Dubs and I hanging out here doing a little guest week thing like we were able to do back in February. Next on 92.3 Free FM. Story number three. Next. George Lopez says TV just became really, really white again. They canceled his show, um, which was about his childhood, kind of, Mm -hmm. and his abusive grandmother, his alcoholism, his kidney transplant. And ABC decided that it wasn't working out financially, and they couldn't pick it up again. Now, over the years, I guess... It had been in like four different time slots in five years. They kept putting it up against American Idol and CSI and stuff. Yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. Actually, last week was the first time I've got to watch the George Lopez show, and I thought it was kind of funny. I, you know, I loved it, and I don't know if it's because I'm Latino. I, I think that probably helps. He did hit a few things that I could certainly identify with, but I don't know if it was because I'm Latino or if it was because it was just kind of funny. You know, you, what I mean? Do you find it to be a racist thing that uh, George Lopez was taking off or just like a cultural difference and a lot of uh, white people just didn't really understand and have a direct connection with George Lopez and his stories from his past? It's tough for me to pull myself away from this one because I did identify with it so much, and I wouldn't say that I'm a quote-unquote overly Latino guy. No. You know what I mean? I, I don't... I do think there's something kind of not racist about it but there's a racial aspect to it because i do think there's a certain segment of society that see george lopez just the name and they just assume they're not gonna dig it so they're not gonna give it a chance well i I, it's not just because of the name for me it's because it's george lopez uh and that's (laughs) the reason why i don't think i would be into it i i did find the one episode i watched pretty funny it was it was uh funny for a sitcom it was it's definitely more enjoyable than most. Right. See, I, like, for example, as a Latino, I never thought I could identify with a show like King of Queens. You know what I mean? So I never gave it a fair shake until it was on in syndication on TBS. And I'm like, man, this show's really irreverent. It's really uncomfortable. I kind of like it. And mm-hmm. it was the same sort of thing with, like, a George Lopez show. Do you think there's a lack of minorities on TV or in radio, I don't know why I'm asking you, white man, but I mean, as a white I don't guy, find there to be like a, there's a lot of shows who really reach out to a lot of different races and try to bring all of them together, and not usually sitcoms. So sitcoms tend to stay like one color. You got you know either like a Friends that's all white or a uh, everybody Jamie, hate, yeah or a, everybody hates Chris or yeah. Bernie Mac, where yeah. Bernie Mac kind of took off real fast at the beginning and then it just kind of slowly faded away. Kind of like the George uh, Lopez show, 866-313-FREE. Story number three, George Lopez says that TV is really, really white again because the show is off. Now, on one hand, can you get upset if the majority can't watch a show about minorities? That's exactly what I was saying. You know, it, 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 Is it something that uh, it, it, they just can't draw out of the background? You know, they, they just don't really get it. See, that's part of the beauty of shows like Lost or Heroes, mm-hmm. because they are multicultural. You know what I mean? You're getting people from all sorts of uh, backgrounds, and it makes, honestly, for better shows. I don't think Lost would be nearly as good if it was just a plane of uh, 
all white folks or you know Latin folks or anything like that. I think well, that, that, that added dimension helps without a doubt. I mean, with uh, Saeed being you know Iraqi. Iraqi, I mean it's just all these different peoples. And when they do the flashbacks, that's what, what kind of they uh, they focus on all these people's backgrounds. They really don't have a uh, a black guy. They used to, but they he's gone now. I would have thought they would have added maybe another one with uh you know the the because they keep on adding these people they come out of everywhere in the show so lot that's right lost lost echo echo and michael so it, it there are no black people there um no wow i didn't even really catch up on that i'm and surprised they, and they, hasn't jumped what? on that and they lost the black chick mrs Hugh, mrs who uh the the other black chick uh well, it looks like uh, Reverend Sharpton is going to have something yes. new to attach himself to, and that's lost in ABC. Let's get it. ABC, I'm behind this one. By the way, they're thinking here's what we can, uh, here's what's going to save the company, and it actually pissed off Lopez. The Caveman Show, uh, the Geico Caveman, which I like. The commercials, the commercials are funny. It's a doll. It's a doll. Um, they're going to make a sitcom about that. Mm-hmm. It's about three cavemen dudes in modern day Atlanta. Uh, trying to deal with, you know, being different and being minorities. Yeah, so it's kind of a fake minority show. Yeah. Replacing a real one. White people can't watch shows about other minorities. That real are, minorities. Yeah, that are on real life. So they have to create a whole subset of a new minority in order to have people be able to stomach it and watch it. And I still don't think as, as cool as the caveman concept is and is how good it, it could be for society... I don't think people are going to watch it because, you know, you as a white guy, do you really want to watch a show about some people going through some oppression in modern days? Well, here's my thing. I don't know if I can get past it being a commercial for so long. I'll feel like I'm watching a real long commercial. I think that's going to be the biggest drawback to it. Uh, I love it. I do it all the time when I'm up late. Just watch uh, infomercials or that one flipped over and over again. Uh, I do wonder, though, if they're going to have any other ads or if it's going to go commercial-free and it's just Caveman brought to you by Geico. Yeah, or if they're just going to keep on making Geico references all the whole time. Then. I, love, I love the ad campaign. It, it it's dull. It, it was really, really good. Uh, I, I, yeah, I don't know if they're going to kill it now because of the show. It might be an overkill. But that's nonstop placement on TV because those Caveman ads don't end. So that's always going to be out there, and then you know, tack on a little bit of ABC at nine on Thursday or something like that. Let's go to Jared on line two. You're next with Hefe and Dubs and ninety two three Free FM. What's up, Jared? Hey guys, really liking the show. Thank um, you. I don't think the the whole issue with minority TV shows. I don't think it's that they are uh, people aren't watching because they're minority. I think they're just not watching because they're not well written. If you compare something like the Bernie Mac show with the old Cosby show or A Different World. Those were good shows. They were well-written shows. See, I never liked the Cosby Show. Oh, I, I love the Cosby Show. I always preferred like a Sanford and Son or yeah, those are well-written. And well, here's the thing with the uh, shows now and sitcoms particularly, they don't they don't spend a lot of time on them anymore. They you know they they're they're cranking out so many, seeing what one sticks. Right. And okay. so they, they yeah, you're right. They aren't as well-written as they were before, and they don't give them a fair shot. Like a well-written one, if it's not getting ratings right away. They're going to bump it right off, no matter how well-written it is. Like, and Everybody Loves Chris, I haven't ever really watched because mm-hmm. it's on a network where I don't know where I can find it, but I, it's critically acclaimed. Yeah, people love it. Uh, I, I think I saw a little bit of it on a plane one time. But the, Okay, uh, 866-313-FREE. Let's go to Mike in line one. Mike, you're up uh, with Hefe and Dubs. You're next. Go ahead, Mike. How you doing, guys? I'm liking the show. You're doing a great job. Thank you, dude. 
I, I wanted to know, Jefe, you keep referring to yourself as Latino, and I kind of, I'm Puerto Rican, I refer to myself as Hispanic. Who's right? What's the difference? Uh, we're both right. Um, Latino tends to be people from, like, because I'm Mexican, so it tends to be kind of that Latin American region, while Hispanic, uh, as far as I've always more known, broad. It, it's it's a little bit more broad. It's a little, it can encompass Mexicans, but it also too was something that was come up with that came up with where you can put Mexicans, the like island people like Cubans, Puerto Ricans, Dominicans. They all kind of fall into that umbrella of Hispanic. Yeah. that's what I always was you know brought up to uh, be. I don't, uh, I don't. Okay, so South like South Americans would be maybe more Latino. Right, exactly. As a, although you know, to white folks, we're all Hispanic. You yeah. know, like they don't know. Yeah, we don't. We we really can't tell. Yeah, Dubs is very difficult. On the, job, on the job application, you never really see Latino. It's always Hispanic. No, nah, and I mean, I don't write. I, my ex-wife used to write in black Latina because there wasn't a box specifically oh, come for on. her. I know. Let's I check both the boxes then. Appreciate it, Mike. Thank you, buddy. Let's try uh, Chris. Chris on line four. You're next with Hefe and Dubs, the ninety-two-three Free FM. Go ahead, Chris. Hey, how you doing? Hey, buddy. Listen, um, you ruined Lost for me. Why? <laughs> because I refuse to watch the third season until it comes out on DVD. Uh, oh, so you hadn't been listening to what's going on? <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> I'm sorry, I, had no, I didn't know what was going on, and now I know. And I'm like, ah! <laughs> uh, I'm so sorry. I give it the time. Thank you. Uh, you can watch them all online. I, I know there's a lot of people like that, though, that are waiting. Because, you know, Lost... My bad. Lost is one of those that, and I think they're going to do away with this later as it goes. They're going to do all of them back to back. But it's one of those, for a while, they're taking big breaks in between yeah. everything. And people were just like, you know what? I'll wait every season for the box set to come out. And then I'll catch up that way. Instead of just sitting here waiting week to week or even, you know, 12 weeks in between episodes. What was the best minority sitcom? Like, you know, of all time, if you look back, you're like, all right, this one to me, kind of holds the standard. Well, uh, is it the Cosby uh, show? I, that might be the best. I never found it funny. It was always pretty funny. Mm. You know, I mean, it, it was more family funny, but it was always, you know, a pretty good show. That's well, not written. funny to me. Now, I, it, when I was a kid, it was, you know, it was pretty good. Um, what I look most forward to as far as, you know, uh, uh, minority shows, when I was a kid, I loved the hour of 227 and Amen. Yeah. I loved it. I don't know if anyone would ever say, hey, those are the greatest minority no, shows. No, but th I know when I was a kid, that's what I looked most forward to, more than Cosby, more than any of those other shows. And that's the thing that kind of bums me out, maybe even as a minority, too. It's like, wow, um, <laughs> I don't know what the best minority sitcom for Mexicans or Latinos. I guess it's George Lopez. That's which really we, the only one we got right now. <laughs> which we just <laughs> lost, you know? So I, I don't know. Let's go to Dan on line five. Dan, you're next on 92.3 Free FM. Story number three, George Lopez says TV's really, really white again. Go ahead, Dan. No, it's John. All right, John, go. Sorry, buddy, you're up. No, it's okay. No problem. I just got off of work. Maybe you didn't hear me right. That's no, right. I, I love George. Hey, how you doing, guys? Not bad. <laughs> great show, great show. Thank you. Listen, uh, ah, I love George Lopez. You know, I grew up in a... I'm 47 years old. I grew up in a white Irish Catholic home, and All in the Family was the big show then. Yeah. You know, All in the Family, the big, ah, oh, the racist show, da 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 but I was glad to see that minority shows. Uh, oh, I can't say the word. Yeah, yeah. But they're they're, they're very fun. Like you guys said, the Cosby's. 
Let me tell you, the best minority show when I was growing up in the 70s was Good Times. Good Times was good. I thought Good Times was great. Good Times was definitely Good Times. Oh, you brought up even the All in the Family and the spinoff from that, the Jeffersons. I did love watching the Jeffersons. I was never a Jeffersons. You know, it was a, but but I I thought Good Times, I mean, just anything to keep you laughing. I mean, you know, it it was just funny. No, I got you. Thank you. I appreciate the phone call. 866-313-FREE. All right, so I don't think Caveman's going to succeed, even though I think it's going to do real well. Uh, I, or, or Even though it's going to be really well made, I don't think it's going to end up doing real well. And I doubt, I doubt it's going to actually take off like NB- they want it. NBC's decided they're going to try to run with the Supernatural theme. They're going to do a little bit of a hero spinoff. They're not putting a lot of money in pilots. And the only real sitcom that they're going to bust out there is one, they haven't even decided where they're going to put it yet, called The It Crowd, about a group of people who work in uh, technical services in a large corporation. That one will probably do pretty well because everybody has the IT guy. Everybody can kind of relate with that. And, uh, you know, everybody likes to make fun of that guy. It's probably a good move for them. Right. Uh, Let's go to uh, line one. I don't have a name up here, but uh, we'll try. Hey, you're on the air, buddy. Go ahead. Hey, uh, you were talking about uh, minority sitcoms, Mm -hmm. and uh, even though Married with Children was about a white family, it was created by a black guy and a white guy, Michael G. Moy and Ron Levitt. I can uh, see that actually. And and they had. Remember, he had his his best friend was was a black black guy. guy. The true story. Yep. And 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 I heard the say on uh, one of those uh, um, E! True Hollywood Story things mm-hmm. that uh, a lot of the people involved with the show uh, you know, on the writing staff and the crew and everything mm-hmm. uh, there, were, there were a lot of people from different backgrounds, different ethnicities and everything Alright, so well that's, I always find that that's more important Like it, it's very important because you get that kind of diverse look yeah. at things you know you have, and thanks for the phone call, you have you know the the black best friend or mm. the Latino neighbor, and it just adds for more. That's that's real life. You know what I mean? Because very rarely now do you find people where all your friends are of the same race. You know, everyone's mixed up now. It's a it really is. You know, a whole different world we're living in. We got to roll with it. Getting back to NBC real fast. Um, they had a really really kind of off year. Yeah. Studio 60 bombed terribly. I loved the first few episodes. I thought it was a really, really good show. One of the, the pilot, one of the greatest openings to any television ever, and so poignant today in what's going on in the radio world. Yeah, and you didn't watch it the first time it came out. I had to bring it in on tape for you. I'm like, dude, you got to watch the show. It's going to be amazing. And I would say about four or five episodes into it, they really kind of, I don't know if they listened to some kind of focus group or something like that, but they decided really to go away from the industry angle of entertainment, and let's go with the love angle of uh, what's going on in their office place. And it took a lot of the really, really cool aspect of what that show was away. Let's go to uh, line three and Rob. Rob, you're next with Hef and Dubs and 92.3 Free FM. Uh, yeah, best minority sitcom for me, definitely. Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It's right up there. Yeah. I, I completely forgot about that one. Thanks for the call. But... I do remember Fresh Prince being appointment television. And obviously it made the Fresh Prince and Will Smith into the star that he is today. I mean, he kind of already had it. Yeah, you know? he, was, uh, he was you know into music, but no one really gave him a shot on TV before. And uh, he did very, very well. And now he's just 
amazingly huge. Nikki on line six, you're next with Hefe and Dubs. Hi. Hey, what's going on? Hi, um, I'm listening, and uh, it's very interesting. I'm I'm Latina and or Hispanic, however right. you want to call it. Um, my my parents uh, were born in uh, Puerto Rico. I was born what? in the United States, and but you know what? I agree with one of your callers there. They say that the writing wasn't uh, well written for that particular show. It wasn't. I couldn't identify with it, and I thought it was kind of you know corny. And, and I, I and, and I think that's why it, it failed really. But um, um, I, there's one thing that's a fact. There are a lot of Latinos out there, a lot of Hispanics out there, and we're not really represented on the TV uh, at all. So there is some aspect to racism going on because we don't see it reflected. We're out there. We're spending our money. We're everywhere. No, and I, no, why do we have not just one show? Yeah, no, I got you. And Thank I, you, Nikki. Appreciate with, it. With the whole... Uh, uh, George Lopez being corny. I don't think it was any more corny than the average show out there. I think that's basically what you have to uh, deal with when you're running a sitcom. It has to be corny. I, I remember we were doing an interview with some of the guys from Heroes, and I was like, where's the Latin guy? And they're like, oh, the painter's Latin. I'm like, huh? Really? Yeah. Could you give me they someone? They just killed him. Yeah. And now he's gone. Uh, 866-313-3. Who has the best lineup, TV lineup, overall for you? Who does it for you? What network? I would have to say ABC. ABC, because I was lost. Lost is uh, the only thing I care about on TV. Well, how about we mix in like a Showtime or an HBO? Ooh. Um, HBO still is tops, but Showtime is really coming up with their shows. Uh, they have Dexter, of course. Um, there's a there's this whole like uh, kind of Tales from the Crypt type thing that they do, which is really, really bad. It's like bad B-movies. But I love that too. Right, and uh, I hear Weeds is really, really good. Weeds I, is fantastic. I haven't got to watch it yet because I didn't have Showtime at the time when it premiered. Um, yeah, so Showtime is really picking up for me as well. Now here's a show that I love. Uh, it's always sunny in Philadelphia, and I'm looking for that one to come back. That one's yeah. on FX. It's so wrong. Yeah, it, if it was on the radio, it'd have been gone a long time ago. Yep. But you know, it's great. You, you know, I don't want to get hilarious. into it. You need that that variation. You need different standards of things. Everybody's not the same. Everybody's going to enjoy what they enjoy. And if you try to push out one thing onto everybody, you aren't going to have a good reaction. Next on ninety two three three FM two story number two. Dubs, we count down the top ten stories of the day, and we are up to number two right now. The Al Qaeda job application. All right. Uh, Jose Padilla, uh, American-born. He's going on federal trial in Miami. And ABC obtained a copy of a very sophisticated job application that they say resembles that of large American corporations. A former FBI guy says it's a membership application, just the way you and I would fill out an application for a credit card. Um, They're no different. Now, of course, Padilla is on trial for this whole thing. At first, they thought he was going to set off a dirty bomb. Now it's more about, okay, uh, he is uh, he was part of this terror cell that was going to make some stuff happen here in the, uh, in the United States. He is a Puerto Rican descent, former Chicago gang member who became a Muslim while in a U.S. prison. Now, I've said this. Uh, terrorists and Al-Qaeda is just a big gang. Yeah. It's, it, you look at it, it's the exact same kind of hierarchy and makeup it preys on the exact same people for recruiting. 
it it is it that's why it's kind of scary here because you can't have disenfranchised people they end up joining gangs or terrorist groups mm-hmm. that's one of the biggest scariest things about it now getting to the application though yeah it's very odd that they have an application kind of you know like they said similar to a credit card or even a corporation uh, all the routine questions one would expect in a job or loan application date of birth professional skills languages a contact in case of emergency. Isn't that always an emergency when you are a terrorist? I, I don't think there's any point of where you're not in a uh, um, an emergency situation. And uh, like family background, I have a copy of this, and you can find this on, I believe, abcnews.com. Uh, the top of it is top secret. <laughs> In the name of God, the merciful and the compassionate, and it kind of goes through oh, all this. Oh, God has applications now. We pledge to you that no one will have access except those officials who need to know. And it's, you look at it, I'm going to pass it over to you, and you can find this thing online. It does. It looks like a job application that oh, hopefully wow. we'll be filling out some. Um, not this one. <laughs> no, no, not that one. Yeah. I'm talking about for maybe a radio station yeah, at some yeah. point. Um, but it asks things about your religious level, uh, religious subjects. Um, what books do you study? Your security status, things along these lines. Uh, state the party that recommended you and how you were introduced to it. So it's asking for references. Yeah, Akbar. Uh, yeah, he really uh, said I should become a part of this. He says that you guys have a good pension. Yeah, because <laughs> a lot of people will survive past sixty with this one. He says I'm a living dirty bomb, so <laughs> he can vouch for me. They got references on this thing. Uh, who are they? Uh, where are they? Um, also, too, on this Al-Qaeda job application, it asks about your military service. Um, what is your preference for future work? So, what, Is there future work after this? Well, I mean, I, I don't know if you divide yourself into various, um, you know, if, like, are, if you're like, I want to be a suicide bomber, I want to be a master planner. I, I, I want to be a MacGyver. Yeah. I don't know what it is, but this is actually completely real. They have health status on mm-hmm. here. Um, do you have any chronic diseases? We need to know when we can still use you because you're you're no good to us if you're in a hospital bed. So if you uh, feel like you're going to go out really, really soon, we'll have you uh, go out even sooner. Oh, here's one. Uh, athletic abilities, language skills, hobbies. <laughs> so what are your hobbies here? You want to join Al-Qaeda and what are your hobbies? What do you uh, think? Killing children, killing myself. Uh, hating Jesus. Hating Jesus. That's one of my, yeah, that's a big one. Golf. <laughs> yeah, just one regular one in there. And um, so any, and then <laughs> do you have any advice for your brothers? Uh, that's the last thing that it kind of leaves you with. And then it has all the kind of like personal administrative stuff that you'll see at the bottom of every application where when you're sitting there for the interview, they're writing down whether or not you're going to fit in with the company. I never would have – I mean, I understand it's very complex, but I wouldn't have ever thought like maybe they took an application from Target and said, all right, we're going to need something like this very similar. Yeah, you think they'd be a little more inventive with what they're doing you now under hobbies. Yeah, I like to uh, jump around with an AK-47 above my head, you know. <laughs> Do you think they have those personality tests? Because nowadays when you go in for a job, yeah, you have to take that personality test. computer tests. Do you have any problems accomplishing the following? Killing children, killing yourself, or these tasks that you think that you can do? Can you uh, light a flag correctly? That's one big thing that needs to be done here. Um, at the very end, they have the administrative use, like I said. Uh, also, there's an employment contract. So, 
it has like partly an insurance plan, uh, a salary, a single member of Al-Qaeda, you're paid $1,000 a month. As a married member, you get 1500 a month. That's all we're looking for from CBS. I don't know if we can make that happen, Chiasano, but we'll do it. Uh, we've been on the beach that long. And then finally, they say they actually had a buyout package. And this is an FBI guy who went through all this. The buyout package is $2,400, which is more than we got from Clear Channel, <laughs> and an airline ticket to wherever you want to go. Wow. That's a hell of a compensation. So th- I would take it. So that right there is the Al-Qaeda job application. You know, obviously, terrorism is no joke, but when you look... This is a ridiculous thing to have an actual uh, application for this thing. You would think that they would meet someone and say, yeah, you you look like the type of person. Let me talk to you for a few minutes. All right, let's get down to business. It's really weird, though, to see all of this just like, you know, your typical... American, uh, your typical American corporation. Next. 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 92.3. Free FM. Not next worthy. Here are some stories that didn't make the cut, but are worth a mention. All right. We weren't able to get them in for whatever reason. Maybe they're too heavy topics or whatever, but here are just a couple of stories that we didn't squeeze in Mm -hmm. in the three hours tonight as we're about to come back with, uh, number one, uh, Bloomberg for president. Uh, there's some rumors floating around there that he's willing to use up to a billion dollars of his own money uh, to become the next president of the United States. Wow. Run completely on a third party, uh, not affiliated with Republicans or Democrats, doing it on his own. Uh, some guys are calling him Ross Perot on steroids. Well, this really shows that anybody can be president. As long as you have a billion dollars, <laughs> uh, you too could be a leader of the free world. Anyone with a billion. Um also, too, I mean, there's kind of a, an insight thing if you keep up, but uh, something happened over uh, one of the satellite companies. And I, we, we, we said it earlier with the doghouse and also, obviously, O and A who are on in the morning. And just kind of there's nothing we can do as a couple of guys on the beach, but it's one of those solidarity things as it's a very small fraternity in radio, uh, radio overall. Then when you get to, you know, you're lucky enough to do this format, it's even more so. And uh, it's a very interesting time, and uh, genuinely hope everything comes out for the best uh, for everybody. Mm-hmm. And that's not even saying that from a selfish reason. That's saying that as a fan of radio uh, that you're listening to right now. Next on 92.3 Free FM. Next. What's next? All right, Dubs. What do you think about going three hours? We've, we've done two it. at most, and then uh, last night with the short porch and tomorrow night with the Nets. Only going to roll with the hour, hour and a half. I feel much more comfortable with it's the longer show. Rushed. Yeah. Because we're able to have more of a conversation. We're not just yelling back and forth at each other. It's good. Ah. It's good. Uh, Dubs, we will do a complete recap of this Tuesday's top 10. Also, we've got a uh, final feature for the evening and the number one story of the day. All that's next with me, Hefe, him, Dubs, Caveman. Next, 92.3 Free FM. Next, 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 next. Next is now. Excuse me. Thinking uh, dinner. Tefan Dubs from Next, 92.3 Free FM. Countdown to the top ten stories of the day. We are actually approaching number one. Yeah. 
just finished with two. We'll give you a complete uh, recap on the top ten, also the features. But speaking of the features, it's time for our final one of the evening. Yes, we, this is the next guy to lose it on camera. Uh, this guy we're going to start off with, there's a couple of them. The guy we're going to start off with, he uh, is a BBC reporter. He was a, doing a whole long thing on Scientology. And he was you know, talking to one of the Scientologists, I guess one of the speakers for Scientologists, and he had just watched uh, a whole thing where he saw some Scientologists blame the, uh, the Holocaust a lot on psychology. And so he got really pissed off over this and was asking him about it, and uh, the, him and the uh, Scientologist kind of got into it, and he completely lost it. To uh, the point of just being foolish. Now, this kind of goes back to what we were talking about earlier, where everything is captured now. Mm-hmm. And maybe he would have had access to this, and he would have been able to hold it under on his you know, BBC footage. But now it's spread virally everywhere, and I saw it on uh, Headline News yeah, today. Well, here's the problem. It was both him recording it and the Scientologist. Gotcha. So right away, he knows it's out there. I- Next download. Hollywood actors such as Tom Cruise and John Travolta amongst its supporters. Scientology continues to face criticism about its practices. Well, the BBC's Panorama program has been to Los Angeles to investigate some of the more sinister allegations made about the religion. But in the course of the filming, the program's reporter John Sweeney somewhat lost his temper with one member of the church, and that footage has now been posted on the YouTube website. Let's have a look. Okay. What evidence, Sean Longfield, do you have that people have been tortured? Oh, you didn't do that. Oh, no, hold a second. No, no, no. no, no. Uh, is the American-sounding guy that's Scientologist? Yeah, yeah, okay. and the uh, BBC guy is obviously, uh, you know, the uh, the reporter. Okay. Okay. What evidence, Sean Longfield, do you have that people have been tortured? Oh, you didn't do that. Oh, no, hold a second. No, 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 no. Stop asking me. No, I'm not talking here. You listen to me for a second. You're choosing members of my religion and engaging in brainwashing. No, tell me you stop. No, listen to me. You are not there. At the beginning. Okay. At this point, there's what happened to the British. What happened to the British being, like, calm, coolly collected? That's the, the greatest part about this. The British accent screaming like this. I mean, this is a tantrum. This isn't even just yelling. This is an out tantrum. Uh, wow. All right, so, the, yes, they're having a debate. Mm. And, the, and the reporter. So you're British and you're a reporter. Two things you would assume makes you, like, you take yourself back a little bit and you listen you know, you're not Bill O'Reilly, are you? Mm-mm. He pulled an O'Reilly. And another thing to listen to here, uh, listen for this coming up, he calms down every once in a while right in between and acts like a human being, and then he jumps right back into it. So listen for that during this next download. Okay. Next download. Choosing members of my religion and engaging in brainwashing. No, tell me you stop! No, 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 at the beginning of that interview, you were not there. You did not hear or record all of the interviews. Do you understand? Washing is a crime Do you understand? Man. You are running the second I want to replay that for two seconds. Yeah, he does it a couple times in here, so he goes, do you understand? And then he starts getting right back into his bit. Oh, Children. No, you listen to me. 
Uh, it sounds like he's in like the the House of Commons yelling at the House of Lords. You know what yeah, I mean? The two just, separate parts of Parliament. And it just doesn't seem like uh, an adult there at all. Um, I tell you though, man, you don't mess with the Scientologists. No, no, they. So uh, was this an anti-Scientology documentary? You no, know, it, it didn't seem like he set out to do it, but it, it, you know, uh, he. I know in another part he was calling it a cult to this guy, oh, and that wow. really pissed this guy off oh, too. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. Uh, it didn't probably start off being anti, but he probably got his own prejudice from all this stuff, and then it really spun into something that obviously this Scientologist didn't like and didn't want to hear. So, but the, uh, he, the Scientologist is the one that's keeping it together. Yeah, but he uh, he's talking over him too. He's not letting. Well, of you know, course. That, that's why you know the guy starts yelling is because he can't you know get his piece in. So it just turns into a whole child versus child thing. That's what's funny, like about religion just in general. I don't know how one could say one sillier than the other. And maybe it's my point of view just kind of as a non-believer. Mm. You know, I think all of them, you know, Scientology included, they all have some very good tenets. Like they all kind of have something that's like, all right, you know, that makes some sense. But then when you get into the totality of the story, uh, whatever the religion is, Scientology, uh, you know, uh, what is it, Mormons, yep. um, you know, Christians, Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslims, the whole thing, you know, the Jewish faith. I don't know how one says, like, looks at their religion and then looks at another, which a lot of times mirrors and says, oh, well, that's stupid. Yeah, I mean, you know, <laughs> if you believe in one thing, fine. I don't have anything against you if you believe in it, but leave people, other people alone, you know, if they're doing what they do. It's not hurting you. Now, you had one more yeah. as far as a guy losing it on tape. Uh, this is another one of those right. things where... Uh, Our last feature of the night. Yeah, this is another one of those things where guys losing it on tape. And this guy is a victim of kind of like the, the, uh, the people, everybody basically having a video camera nowadays. This guy was caught in a post office in Brooklyn... He got pissed off at the teller, and he starts screaming about how he wants this lady fired. And he, he I'm guessing gay. He kind of has a <laughs> don't he, know that. Why he kind of has a Har- Harvey Firestein type thing to him. He's gay. I think so. I, I, I heard <laughs> that somewhere. I think I read it in a book. Uh, yeah, but I think this guy is maybe of that persuasion, and he is completely ridiculous with what he's trying to ask of uh, the post office And there's a Brooklyn guy in a post office. Yeah. All right. Next download. Goodbye to you forever because I have your job. Yeah, same to you, honey. Same to you. Get the manager over here. I want the manager. See how long you have your job, sweetie. Who the hell do you think you are? I, why would you even piss off a postal worker? Like, that's the last person you want to talk trash to. Yeah, you got to know like, that it's a tough enough gig as it is. You're going to go up and smack a crypt in the face? No. Yeah, right. You know, it's not necessarily, uh, you know, it's not necessarily what you would call a stable, well, as far as stereotypes go, you know, yeah. a stable profession. Why are you going to go messing with them? the hell do you think you are? I'm the customer. That's who the hell I am. You know and so? That's your job. That's your job, sweetie. That's your job. Do your job. That's your job. You go to hell first, bitch. (laughs) Now, 
I don't know about you, but whenever you're waiting in a line mm. and someone's throwing a tantrum like this, it's so uncomfortable. Oh, I sit back and enjoy it. I know a lot of people I get hate pissed it. and people are... I, I just sit back and just smile. My mom is the kind of lady who will pull this stuff. Yeah. And she'll get into fights so she can get an extra frosty at Wendy's or something along those lines. She's always raising a ruckus, and it tormented me when I was a kid, so I hate hearing something like this because it takes me back to that childhood. Wait. Too uncomfortable for you? little fat heffes covering your ears and rocking back and forth saying, please let it stop, please let it stop, please let it stop. You bitch! Get the manager out here! Yeah, the customer's always right. You were wrong. The customer's always right. You were wrong. You were wrong. I cannot stand the customer's always right angle. If I walk into some store and I see the price is $12 or something, and I say, you know what? This is 10 This is $10. <laughs> In this case, the customer's wrong. So the customer is not always right. Rarely is the customer right. The customer's usually just a pain. Who started that? That's another one we like, were talking I, about I believe that, uh, that's one of uh, the McDonald's rules that they always had up. The customer is always right. Again, empower, if, uh, empowering that, idiots. Yeah. And uh, then, you know, they... Because think about that phrase within itself. They don't know the inner workings of how everything goes on at a Mickey D's or at a post office. They don't know. It's genuine ignorance. So how could they always be right by being ignorant to the whole thing? Exactly. I mean, it's a ridiculous statement to it, make. It's a stupid marketing ploy that people have come to expect as fact. It's awful. You stupid, and the whole generation, stupid bitch. <laughs> I, Again, this is a guy in a Brooklyn post office losing it on a postal worker. I want to speak with the man. I have the postmaster on the phone. I want the manager at the door right now. He needs to go find these papers right now. I'm having her fired. You can't she have a fire. customer thing and i'm having you fired how self-centered are you and how self-important are you that you think that you are automatically this woman's boss you aren't i couldn't imagine you know right now us being on the beach the radio beach you know we have regular jobs you know doing some customer service stuff and it takes every you know fiber of my being not to go shock jock on them and just mm -hmm. put them in their place uh, luckily, I haven't had a situation like that. But if I did, I couldn't sit there and take it. No, it's a difficult thing to do. I worked in customer service for a long, long time the growing up. The best thing to do with a guy like this is start laughing at him. Because that just that pisses him off oh, even yeah. more when you're just sitting there giggling and he's all fired up. Just red-faced at you, and you can't do anything but laugh. Uh, let's go to line one. It's the, our buddy, the Don. You're next with Hefe and Dubs and 92.3 Free FM. What's up, man? Hey, what's up, boys? How y'all doing? Good, buddy. Man, about the about the camera man that, that went went eight past a, a few minutes ago. Mm -hmm. Was she just waiting for that guy to go? This is Sparta. <laughs> yeah. You cannot decide what you play. Absolutely, no doubt about it. All right, bro. Good to I hear know. from you. Uh, Dubs, let's do a recap and get to number one. Next. Next on ninety-two-three Free FM. If you missed it, here's what was next. <laughs> 
kind of appropriate, the song here. Uh, is mm-hmm. number 10, Jerry Falwell dying. Yep. Uh, nine tonight in the top 10 stories of the day, according to us, FAN Dubs. That's what next is, 92.3 Free FM. Text messages bringing down a teacher. His text messages said, I'm so going to hell, I can't believe I did it with two ninth graders. And it's a 23-year-old substitute teacher. Um, number eight, a survey saying that the face matters more than the body yeah, to Americans are. as far as looks go. Yeah, if you're looking for someone, you're going to be looking at the face more than the body. Our first feature of the night were stories that were left off the, uh, the short porch last night uh, because of the Nets game, which will be going tomorrow. Uh, we had a, one about Die Hard and John McClane and Bruce Willis making the character not want it to be a smoking character because he was worried that it would affect the children. And um, killing it, no, that's that's not going to be a problem. Yeah, that's okay. Uh, and also the alcoholism, that's fine. And then the Brokeback Mountain movie being shown in a middle school uh, in a middle school uh, classroom. Yeah, now they're suing four hundred thousand dollars. Number seven, a bit of a sad story. As New York only comes in number two in road rage for uh, worst cities as far as road rage goes. Got to pick it up, people. Uh, we can do it. Miami was number one. Be somebody. Yeah, exactly. Number six, the school bullying online on YouTube. Kid gets his ass kicked. Rub some dirt on it. Uh, walk it off. And it's it's somebody captures it on their camera phone. They put it up on YouTube. Mom finds it, gets upset, goes through a whole battle uh, with the school system over it. Number five, Paris Hilton mentally unstable because she's so afraid about going to prison, and now they're thinking about sending her to the tent city in uh, Arizona so she could serve her full time as opposed to in L.A. where overcrowding could have her get out early. Um, Then we did sports as our second feature of the night, Mm -hmm. Dirk Nowitzki winning the MVP, which as a Mavericks fan I'm excited about. But again, it's what does it matter because right now Golden State is playing Utah instead of the Mavericks. Um, in addition to that, we also had a Vautech recruit who decided he didn't want to go to Vautech because of the massacre and a little leaguer who was hurting American sports. Uh, number four was a baby starts a brawl in a buffet in uh, Toledo over a kid being loud and parents getting upset over it, starting a fight. Number three is TV too white. George Lopez says yes. Number two, the Al-Qaeda job application. And uh, number uh, the the final feature that we just heard was the next guy to lose it. So real quick, get a squeeze in uh, Jeff on line two. Jeff, you're next with F A and Dubs on ninety two three Free FM. Go ahead, buddy. Before we get to number hey. one. Hey guys, great show. Uh, I'm calling to tell you I saw the Caveman pilot already. How is it? Oh, that was one of the things that's going to be on ABC. Uh, mm. Kind of replacing the George Lopez show. Is it any good? It would be the greatest show if it was nineteen eighty six. Uh, it is so dated, and it's just, you know, it, it starts with them watching a, uh, you know, the news and a caveman robbed the 7-Eleven, and they're, they're all mad about it, and then they uh, one guy's dating a white girl, and her parents are Southern Hicks, and they disapprove. Oh, it's just, is it the so same? Is it, is it the same guys who are in the Geico commercial? No, it's different guys, and the makeup looks even worse. It doesn't look as good as the commercial. Wow. But you got to keep the original guys. I think that's part of the allure as to why, you know, it would be so successful. It's a doll. Those are great. That's the reason it's taken off. you mm. got to use the original dudes. That's Well, thanks for ruining my night, Jeff. Yeah. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we knew it wasn't probably going to be that good. It would probably end up, you know, being ruined. Maybe it's so, like, over-the-top cheesy it's good. Maybe. 
Maybe. <sighs> From what he says, though, it doesn't sound it. <sighs> next. Next, 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 next on 92.3 Free FM. Number one, the number one story of the day. Day, day, screwed up is that that genuinely bummed me out. (laughs) (laughs) Now I'm going to go home and cry in my hoodie while listening to All-American Rejects. Dubs, the number one story of the day uh, is the next download out of CBS2 uh, in Chicago. Next download. Beer and pizza are two great tastes that go great together, but... What about a beer that tastes like pizza? Hmm. CBS 2's Vince Tirasoli reports on a new twist on tap. That's the beginning. The fact that there is going to be a beer that now tastes like pizza. Mixing the two that actually, Dubs, you and I had last night. Mm-hmm. After uh, the short porch, we it's went a good home. Combo. Got a six-pack, got a DiGiorno, ate it up. Usually they end up going hand-in-hand. In, hand. in a garage in St. Charles... Something's brewing. <laughs> you smell that garlic? Can you smell it? Of course you do. Okay, he's the Quentin Tarantino. <laughs> he's the Quentin Tarantino of microbrewers. <laughs> of course you do. Because what Tom Seaforth is mixing up, he'll eventually pour out his beer. Pizza beer. It's pizza and beer in a bottle. Check this out. There are actually real pieces of pizza stirred into the mix. Okay, that is disgusting. Basically, it's, back, it's backwash. Yeah, you just got a bunch of just bread, cheese, and meat floating in your uh, beer before it gets uh, bottled up for you. It's that little stuff that you leave at the bottom of a bottle uh, that you won't even sip because it's just all the stuff and junk that's been gathering in your mouth over the course of the night. Ugh. I'm a beer nut. The kettles and tubes of Tom's micro breweries all come together beside the hundreds of cans in his collection. This is a reflection of my entire life history. If you can cook, you can make beer. Too many garden tomatoes cooked up the idea last year. Tom and his wife created tomato garlic puree and bake up a pizza. In the backyard, they even pick their own oregano for flavoring. Back in the brewery, Tom even grinds his own wheat to get the process started. He'll add other spices, but keeps the recipe a secret. The only people that know the recipe are me and my cat, Jethro. All right, I hate you and your cat. I hope he accidentally gets caught up in the grinder that has the pizza go in it. Seaforth says the flavors of pizza and beer are a natural pairing, and this hobbyist hopes to take the drink coast to coast. Can you taste some beer? Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, but I'm on the clock right now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a problem. Are there children ground up in there as well? Is that the next uh, item that you're going to be rolling out there? But in a second, it's Miller time with extra cheese. In St. Charles, Vince Girasoli, CBS 2 News. All right, the number one story (laughs) of the day. Wait, 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 wait. Rewind that just to the very end. Was there a ha at the end? Yeah, the anchors were trying to hold it together. (laughs) (laughs) That's it. Um, Why the combination of stuff? Like, you remember always around Thanksgiving, you know, uh, some soda company will come out with the turkey soda, and it's awful. It's Jones Soda that usually comes out with that. And, I, you know, that I don't think that's meant to be good. I think it's meant to be a novelty. This guy's actually selling this thing as a good thing, and I would actually probably give it a shot. I would I'm think a, it's a health hazard having just chunks of food floating around and disintegrate. I can't imagine that the pizza would even stay together. It just kind of all gathers at the bottom. Oh, I'm sure, but it, it, it's not It's not going to be in your bottle. Uh, that, that's during, like, when everything's just soaking together, and then it gets strained out, and uh, then you have your beer pizza. So basically what you have is throw-up. 
What you have is yeah, a, and the bottom of that barrel is a bunch of throw up. You're drinking what a lot of people are throwing up at four o'clock in the morning after a long binge and trying to uh, you know soak Choke, it up yeah. with uh, with some pizza. This guy is marketing uh, vomit essentially. Now here's the thing: I hate stuff that doesn't. Uh, I don't like mixing things. Like I can't have sweet and texture. I hate a pineapple pizza. Oh, I love pineapple pizza. I can't have something that's supposed to be quote unquote hearty and healthy like a pizza with that sweetness of a pineapple. You not mixing stuff is very odd. Knowing your last marriage. Okay, well, it didn't work. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> As a Latino with a black woman, it didn't end up working out. So maybe that's one of the things of it. Um, also, too, I don't like to mix food with sex. I'm the opposite oh, of really? George Costanza. Um, I it's overload for me, and I I don't I'm, I'll mix anything. It I, doesn't really matter to me. I uh, I can't end up deciding. Have you ever had one of those odd mixtures? Like I had someone in in high school, like a buddy of mine who used to always dip French fries in mayo. You know, do something real disturbing uh, like that. I've never been a French. I've never been a mayo person overall. I mean, that's disgusting to me. Um, I don't know. I, I I've never you know had a problem mixing stuff, but. I, I guess uh, my, I had a friend in high school, and uh, this is something I would never do. I thought I found it completely disgusting. But you'd have those those candy hot tamales, uh-huh. and what do you do? Is spray Windex on them Shut and up. eat them? I swear to God, he said it <laughs> cooled them down. And I don't understand that at all either. Like they were so hot. Yeah, that like it... they were just crazy hot, and he couldn't handle them unless he sprayed some Windex on them. And I don't know how Windex cools them down. It's a candy. Uh, I. It's funny too that uh, that uh, I had a friend who would mix apple slices and dip them in ketchup i hate ketchup people i love it i'm not gonna lie to you i love it i have to have it with eggs um i have to have eggs with ketchup i mean i I, ketchup belongs maybe with your fries and your burger and that kind of stuff but when people start putting on eggs the eggs are nasty when you put ketchup on them and also uh i had a cousin who was a very big ketchup person basically ketchup on everything and i've seen a lot of people like this but this is the only time i've ever seen ketchup on Cheerios. <laughs> we were only like seven years old. I'm sure he's just p- trying to be crazy. Right. But he, he did it and he ate the whole thing. Well, there they are, Dubs. The top ten stories of the day. Number one, beer pizza, or uh, as I like to call it, human waste, uh, hopefully coming to a uh, to a market near you. And that's the way it goes down tonight. All right, Dubs, let's take a look at some of the stuff that may be big tomorrow. Next. Next. Two. Three. Free. M. On the next episode. Um, let's see what's going on right now. Gas prices are huge. Yeah. Uh, could hit uh, $4. By like, what, the end of the month or something? By Memorial Day. Yeah. Uh, NYC. Also, too, a lot of people happy that Falwell's dead. We hit that one as the number 10 today. But, um, like Larry Flint's, I hated everything he stood for. TMZ mocks his death. So there are a lot of people not excited. And it's still going to go on. Michael Moore challenges Fred Thompson to a debate. So those are just a couple of things that could uh, could be big tomorrow uh, in the headlines as we roll with you. That does it for tonight. Check out myspace.com slash nextradio. We'll give you a countdown. of. Uh, we'll put up like links and stories to all the top ten that we had tonight. Uh, nextradiofans.com. FreeFMFans.com. Again, I'm, uh, I'm Hefe. That's Dubs. And uh, the show's called Next. And we appreciate you guys hanging out. We'll be back tomorrow after the Nets game. want to thank uh, Jivin and also uh, Cheesemo 
for making things happen for us. And uh, we're really excited about that. Wake up, ONA, tomorrow morning. Make sure you check out that show. Absolutely. After that, I believe it's still the House of Wax. I believe Larry Wax is still on. Oh, you got uh, Nick DiPaolo, the radio chick, uh, Ron and Fez, our good buddies. And then we're back after the Nets game uh, doing an abbreviated short porch version. Probably just the top five, but you're still able to get it from there. Uh, until next time, I'm uh, Hefe. That's Dubs. Uh, we out, bitch. 5,000. 5,000.